You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, goal. Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good morning, West Coast, and welcome to Nashville as the winter meetings have started. We are back here on A's Cast Live with not one, not two, but three full days of coverage for you back in the Bay Area and everybody in the A's world. Going to be a lot of fun. Eduardo Perez from SiriusXM is going to lead us off in moments. We've been having a rip-roaring time. We've been here, what, since Friday? We've... uh, Flew in. We had an unbelievable time on Broadway Street in Nashville. I got to tell you, there's a lot to talk about uh, later on when our buddy Dave Stewart is going to stop by. And we're going to talk about Nashville and had heard so much about this city. And knowing that the NFL is here, obviously, with the Titans and the Predators in the NHL and one of the fastest growing cities in the country, you read about it. But it's not until you experience it and you see it and you just go, wow. It is unbelievable how this city is growing. And, of course, our own Dave Stewart is going to be putting a team here. And I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Eduardo Perez is going to sit down here with us in just a moment. But, you know, we've talked to Dave Stewart here on Ace Cast Live about the Nashville Stars. And I'm sure that's going to be something that is going to be talked a lot about here in Nashville, about the Nashville Stars and an expansion team. And that's one of the reasons why Dave has been so into what, what's going on with the Oakland Athletics and with the Tampa Bay Rays and their stadium situation about getting them done so we can have expansion. We know that Nashville is going to get a team. We don't know about the West. You know, we've speculated. We've thought about it. I think Salt Lake City would probably be your leader in the clubhouse right now with all the reports that we've been hearing about the growth of Salt Lake City and their economy and how they are striving big time to get baseball. Uh, Talked a lot about in the past about the Utah Jazz and their owner. I got to meet him down at Pebble Beach at the AT&T. But uh, interesting things going on with our man, Dave Stewart. I can't wait to have Stu on it. Now that that we've been to Nashville, we've seen it, and it's pretty incredible. Eduardo, it's great to have you on the program again. How are you? How do I follow up Pebble Beach? Seriously, Carmel and all that area? 
I mean. Well, the last time we saw you was the wild card game, and that didn't go so hot. So <laughs> that wasn't my fault. Now, don't blame me for that one. All right. Now you, we're, we just we just went live back in the bay. Okay. Normally, for years now at the winter meetings, we have always led off with our general manager, which is David Force. Years before that, Billy Bean. Right. We bumped him because when I they said we could have you. So am I the next general manager? Is that you're, you're the saying? Ricky Henderson of A's cast right now. You're leading off, baby. I'm leading off. You're this. the leadoff man for the winter meetings. That's perfect because I just finished doing the leadoff spot on MLB Network Radio. Which so I listen to show, all so the time great. going to golf early in the morning back on the West Coast. There we go. You back and Steve to the Phillips. golfing. Yeah. I like it. You and Steve Phillips. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Another winter meetings. And, you know, this is last year was crazy. Yeah. Last year it was a lot, a lot of a lot of money spent, also by the Padres, but a lot of teams as well. And we saw a lot of record-breaking deals. And woke up this morning and saw you know that trade with uh, that you get Seattle and Atlanta. And I think this is going to jumpstart what these winter meetings are going to be about. Plus all the international players that are going to sign to different places. But most importantly, is where is Shohei Otani going to end up? And I think once we find out where he ends up, I think everything else will fall in place. I've got something I want to throw at you since we're just starting what I think about Shohei Otani because obviously we've been living it for a while. He made his debut against the A's. We've watched him so many times. But I first got to ask you because I remember I talked to you about this. You had just gotten your COVID set up back in your house. Yes. And I remember you were showing us your COVID set up. I don't know if you remember that interview. Right. It was, yep. it was a while ago. If I remember correctly, you're a Florida State Seminole. Oh, man. You're going there, too. Seriously. Uh, like, I am passionate about it. I am a Seminole. Seriously. Yep. You go undefeated. You survive without, without your quarterback? We let's Okay. You want my perspective on this? I'll give it to you. Simple as can be. And it's. You're 13-0, you go on the road, and two Power 5 teams on the road, you beat them. Early on in the early on in yeah. the season, right? LSU, you go there, they were a top 20 team. You go in preseason-wise until Florida State took care of them. Then you also go on the road, and, and you're able to beat Florida on the road. I don't care if they're ranked or not. It's a... It's a game that you go and... Gainesville's tough. Gainesville's tough, especially when it's Florida-Florida State. You beat Miami at home. Miami, Florida State, a lot of years of rivalry. Teams, players always up their game when you play against like that. And I get it. Early on in the season, Clemson was also ranked top 20. You go out and you beat Clemson on the road. And yet, because they're unranked because you beat them and they dropped, they didn't play to their ability later on, you now get penalized for it. And everybody says, well, why did Alabama leapfrog Florida State? My question is, why did Texas leapfrog Florida State? That's my big question because the simple reason was because Texas beat Alabama early on in the year. And because they did not lose the rest of the way, now the team that gets penalized in all of this is the Seminoles. And it just it sends a bad message throughout the entire industry, the entire industry of uh, who the ACC is? They finished six and four against the SEC this year. I know my numbers now. Yeah, I'm no, passionate about this, and I'm speaking as a as a null. And I understand what they're saying. Travis is out for the remainder of the year. I get it. His college career is over. I understand that. The part I don't understand is you have told the defense that you are not valuable at all to what a team is, and they held Louisville to six. 
to six uh, six points on the board, no touchdowns. Their defense dominated. They dominated on the ground with a freshman, um, and they're not going to get an opportunity to win a national championship, and that is sad to see. Yeah, to me it shows you have a championship roster, and I just want to bring that up because we've been down here in Nashville, and it's funny, you know, you get out of the West Coast, you're coming out of the South. It's Everywhere we're going, country. everybody – we, there are a lot of women we've heard talking yeah. about it because when the rank, we we were at the mm-hmm. Titans game yesterday, we've been all over the place. That's how so we were at the Titans game yesterday, and that's when the rankings came out, and everybody was a buzz in the stadium about what was going on. So I had to bring it up. Show Glad Otani. you did. I, it's not right. Oh, you no. guys should be in the top four. Um, Shohei Otani. We've been dealing with Shohei Otani for a while, and I don't think a lot of people truly get it because we sit here and we look at the two way and we call him the unicorn. People need to understand, I'm a business guy, and you need to understand the business of baseball and what he is worth. It is incredible. Like, we sell Japanese advertising behind home plate when he plays. Everybody makes money off of him. Mm -hmm. So when I bring him up, I say he's like Tom Cruise. You put him in the movie, you're going to make money. And Shohei Otani brings you money that no one has ever brought. He brings you the international money, no no other player has ever brought the return on investment that you're going to get is what I'm trying to get at for any of the team that signed him. It's unbelievable. We've never seen anything like it. It's unbelievable. Also, the division that he goes to because they'll play more games. As you said, they'll be able to sell on the road as well. Yeah. It brings them a, a lot of money. It sort of reminds me of um, Messi when he went to FC Miami, right? Where all of the uh, Inter Miami, where all of a sudden. It became a spectacle where everybody was involved in this. And I think that's what makes Toronto really interesting because they're the only team in that country where when you go to Vancouver at 4 o'clock Pacific time, you're watching in every sports pub, there's a Toronto Blue Jay game going on. Um, he's, he's that important. But not only is he that important, even if you're a general manager and you're not sold on do I want to invest this much money in one player Am I going to be able to win with this player because I've invested that much and I won't be able to go and get other players to compliment him for the, for a for for a price? You have to deal with the marketing department. You have to deal with the owner that's going to be right there uh, saying, "I want him. Do whatever it takes to get him." And by the way, put a competitive team out there. That's hard to do, and that's the part that's a little bit tricky here. And I think. Overall, the wild card in all of this, because he's enjoyed the fruits of Shohei Otani for the last six years. Well, four if you really look at it, because one year, the 2020 year, and the other year he was Tommy John. It wasn't a two-way star, but he still dealt with the bat, was is Artie Moreno. And we've seen in the past Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, go out and get Josh Hamilton, overpay for him, go out and uh, overpay for Albert Pujols and give him more years and a lot of money. Will he do the same thing with Shohei Otani? I think he is. I think he's the wild card guy where in 10 years from now, most likely he won't be the owner of the team. So he might backload an unbelievable deal and let the next owner deal with it. But in the meantime, capitalize on what Shohei Otani can bring the Angels as far as marketing. We made the prediction when he got hurt that it brought the Angels really back into play. Because this is the medical staff he's dealt with. These are the people that he's dealt with. This is where he's been comfortable. Right. He loves living in Orange County. Just felt like it brought him in play. Now the Angels made all those salary dump moves late in the season. They've gotten under one of the levels of the uh, of the cap. So 
It's going to be interesting. The Dodgers, and the, but then I think like San Francisco. You think of all the, uh, you think about the Japanese airlines flying into San Francisco or Seattle. That's what I'm saying. You think about Japanese banks that are in San Francisco and Seattle. That these are all the things that you're thinking about beyond just when is he going to be able to pitch? When is he going to win games? How many dingers he's going to hit? It's how how much? I mean, he's a human cash cow. It's like Tom Cruise in Top Gun too. You put Tom yeah. Cruise in the movie, you make money Maverick, not only baby. here. You make money not only here, but it's the international money you make with Tom Cruise being in the film. 100%, and I'm not talking about the sunglasses. Uh, what, what I am saying, though, is just imagine now you look at the tax pers- uh, perspective of it, right? San Francisco being California, cost of living there as well. Your money goes a lot longer in Seattle or in Texas, two other teams that are rumored no also as well as with Shohei Otani. And then you look at the move that the Seattle Mariners are making, right? They dump uh, Eugenio Suarez's salary. They dump, again, salary yesterday from Marco Gonzalez and also Evan White. So that right there, Evan White's owed $15 million for the next two years plus a club option. Did you forget about him? I had totally forgot about him. I know. (laughs) I know. He's one of five, right? He's one of five that ended up signing a a deal before he even got to the big leagues. And I don't even – and I think the Atlanta Braves took him just to say, okay, we, you know what, we'll take Kelnick because we want him. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, you're going to give us a left-handed starter that's 31 years young in, in Marco Gonzalez that he could revamp in Atlanta. They'll make him better there. He'll be better there. I, I really do believe that. Travel's a lot easier, believe it or not, when you're not out west, especially in the great northwest as it is in Seattle. So that plays as well. I think if Shohei Otani would go to the central, I think Chicago, if they were to sell and and have Shohei Otani sit down in front of them, they can say, look, not only can you be that two-way player when your arm gets healthy next year, but the travel. You know how much time you spend in the air being out west? Oh, yeah. It's if brutal. you're in Chicago, it's a 55-minute flight to St. Louis. It's a it's an hour flight to Cincinnati. It's a 35 minute drive to Milwaukee. I mean, just start you know an hour, but the way I drive, 35. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's you know it's a shorter distance. Your life expectancy on the field because your body's not going through these five six hour flights, depending on the jet stream. Always going back west from playing in the central or way out east. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. That's how I would sell it if I'm one of the central teams out there. And the only team I think that can compete is the the Cubs. That's why I mentioned the Chicago Cubs. And if you're out east, good luck in trying to get them, I think. You know, right now I think with this trade, I think the Shohei Otani is, is not going to be a part of the Atlanta Braves. I don't see Atlanta making a play no. for them. But I do see the Angels. I do see the Cubs. I do see Seattle, Texas. And I think that's pretty much it. Toronto you brought up. I brought Toronto as well. You're that's right, Toronto, because it's the entire country. Those, it's an international those city. Those five teams right yeah. now are the teams that I see that have the ability to be able to get Shoy Otani and win when it comes to the marketing side of it. I don't know if they get them. They win as far as a championship with them. I don't see that happening. Do you give up a ton of prospects for Soto now, or do you wait and bid for him as a free agent? Um, if I am in the position that I know that if I have a Juan Soto for 600 plate appearances, I go trade him now. Um, prospects are that until 
they are they can prove themselves at the big league level. And I am not holding back in order to win a, a World Cha- a Series championship. The difference, the money-making ability is is great, and I know Soto most likely – He's waited this long. Most he's projected to make thirty-three million this year. I don't see him signing a multi-year deal with a team that get, that he just gets traded for. So he's going to go to free agency. But if I am the Toronto Blue Jays, that's another team that I have to involved in this. If if I am the Seattle Mariners, I have to think Juan Soto. I got to tell you, I love listening to you guys in the morning on the way to the course. You guys do a great job because out west it's early, right? It's it's it's, it's very early. It's we very get surprised early. when we get a <laughs> when we get a call early morning from hi, it's uh it's uh who was it? It's Scott in San Diego. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you're up early because because you guys transition to the Duke and Farron, who we love having on the program too. It's like I'm telling you, Sirius XM year round channel eighty nine. Uh, I think your guys' coverage of the entire league, what you guys do, especially you and Steve Phillips, you former player with the with a guy that and I love. You know, Steve Phillips played a little bit in his time too. Yeah. Oh man, we don't we, we have to hear about that all, all the time. time. He's Lefty. always giving you his minor league statistics. Oh. <laughs> I listen. You know I what listen. though? What, what a heck of a partner though. Um, and what I actually I look forward to waking up in the morning. My wife actually gets a little bit. She's like, really, you're getting up again. I love mornings. And she, seven years ago, I think it was eight years ago, she said, look, if you're going to get another job and it's make sure you're at the house doing it because yeah. this traveling all over the place is ridiculous. And obviously I do the Sunday night baseball yep. and I was doing before Monday night and all that. She's like, this traveling stuff is getting you old. Stay at home. And then all of a sudden this opportunity came to be able to do MLB Network Radio and work with Steve and she's like, wow, you really love this, don't you? I'm like, I love it. And I go to sleep late. I stay up and I watch all the West Coast games. And with three, four hours sleep, let's go. Let's do the leadoff spot in the mornings. And it's it's it's, uh, it's a bright day. Well, I know at some point you're probably going to be a manager. But at that point, we will lose a terrific broadcaster. Because your, your career from a player to a broadcaster has been phenomenal. So I know someday you will manage. We will miss you when that day comes. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but it still it still keeps me in the game, what I do now, and I love what I do now. Um, by the way, my heart goes out to all the A's fans out in the Bay Area because I know what baseball has meant to the fans there, the loyal fans there. I was there in the 1990s watching the World Series, Oakland against Cincinnati as my dad was coaching with the Reds, and Man, first of all, one of the most beautiful stadiums before they closed it yeah. for the Raiders and Killed all that. It. They they just crushed it. They crushed it. And uh, but the fans, as loyal as you guys have been, especially out in right field, man, <laughs> it's it's uh, it was it's always a joy to to go and and I remember as a player getting in the same batter's box as Sal Bando, as Joe Rudy, and I said I don't mention Reggie because I'm a right-handed yeah. hitter. It's the righties in that lineup when, you know, I, I was like, man, this is this is where the greats stood and where the A's dominated in the 70s. I mean, that was that was a beautiful brand of baseball and where Ricky st- stood. And that was my first big league game was actually in, in, uh, actually in Anaheim against the Athletics. And it was Ricky Henderson at the plate, and I was playing third for the first time. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Ricky Henderson hitting, and I'm playing third. This is yeah. surreal. That's awesome. Um, so – to me, that's the first ground ball I ever made. The play was actually on Ricky's second at bat, 
chopper coming in, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Ricky, i got to rush and throw it. So there's a lot of history with, with Oakland and uh, personally, and, I, and um, that's one thing that I'll never forget, Bay Area baseball. I know our fans appreciate that. Thank you so much for you stopping by. He's one of the best. we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live from the Winter Meetings. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, Commander, we haven't said hello to you yet here in Nashville. I know it's been a great time. My wife and I got here on Friday, and so we did a little partying Friday until you and Delaire got here on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then we did the Titans game yesterday, which is a lot of fun. I mean, not fun for Delaire, but fun for all the whole time. Yeah, we're going to get a lot into Nashville. If you've never been to Nashville, of course, the the nickname is Nash Vegas. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. And I've I've been very fortunate because of the A's, because of the Raiders. I've been to pretty much all the major towns in this country. I've never seen anything like it. It's the first time I've ever been to Nashville. And this is the dead season. And it's slammed everywhere. You want to talk about a thriving, growing (laughs) city. It, it is unbelievable. I'm so glad Eduardo brought up the return of – it's going to be Otani. Whether you love it or not, it's going to be Otani, Otani, Otani until he signs. It, it, it's just a reality. I mean, the, the, the three big things that I had going into this, it's Otani one, Soto two, starting pitching three. I looked at, before we came down here, I looked at an article that they had the goal of each team, all 30 teams, 20 of the 30 teams, all right? <laughs> Some of these teams, like, I, I mean, it, the, the goal for us is starting pitching for the athletics, but 20 of the 30 teams is starting pitching. Yamamoto, who is 25 years old, and he's going to get a grip of cash from somebody, he's kind of like the... Uh, the Tim Hudson of Japan. He's like 5'10". He absolutely deals. I, I guess he'd be more Pedro if you think about velocity. But 
you know, after he goes, there's going to be a run on starting pitching. 20 of the 30 teams in this article in MLB.com were got to get starting pitching. Now, some teams would have like, you know, what are they going to do with this player? What are they going to do with that player? But when over half of the league is searching for the same thing, we say this number year in and year out. I wrote it down just so I don't forget it. 4,374. What is that? Nor of outs. That's the number of outs you got to get during the season, not counting extra innings. 4,374. And what we're seeing with all these teams, they don't have enough guys. They just do not have enough players. We don't have enough players. That's why we're seeing teams use 60 guys in the high 50s. Unbelievable. But I want to start this whole thing out because he brought up the Angels with Otani. And the Angels made all those moves late in the season where it just looked like salary dump. What are they doing? Well, what did they what they did? And there were rumors that they didn't get under that that there's three different tax thresholds. They didn't get under that main one that they needed to get under. Because if you've read reports, if the Mets are to sign Otani, for every dollar they spend, you add another dollar to it for the tax. So if they spend $500 million on him, he's basically going to be a billion-dollar acquisition because of the tax. That's just the way it's – the way the Mets have been over the tax. Steve Cohen, super rich, uh, worth $16 billion, hedge fund guy, and everybody's like, ah, oh, he's got so money. But he can have all the money in the world, but you really going to think of that from a business standpoint, and that's why we have these luxury tax thresholds. They act as a soft cap. That if they're to go after Otani, it wouldn't be a five hundred million dollar contract. Five hundred million dollar contract. You would count what they're going to be taxed, and it's dollar for dollar. It'd be a billion dollar contract. So I'm glad Eduardo brought up the Angels because that's something that I said way back when when he got hurt. Is don't count the Angels out because this is a place. That he has been, he has been happy, he knows the medical staff. Because anywhere he goes, even though they're going to tell you there's no pressure to get back on the mound, there's going to be pressure to get back on the mound. If he goes somewhere that's brand new, we know it. It's just different when, you, when, you're, when you're a guy that comes up, and even though he's a Japanese player that he was bought, but... He's one of them. You've got that equity in the bank. Barry Zito is one of the greatest examples of all time. Barry Zito signs the 124, 127, whatever it was, with the Giants. And immediately, they want him to win every single game he pitches. He didn't do it. It got ugly fast. It was a horrible relationship until he actually was able to help in a World Series run in the NLCS and the World Series. But still, you look at his contract and everybody looks at it and the Bay Area is a bust because he didn't have that. You have that equity when you come up. He had the equity in Oakland. He didn't have it in San Francisco. Otani has that equity. No matter what happens, the Angels are going to love him. You go sign $500 million. Some people, John Heyman, you know, it's always John Heyman said it. It's hard to say that, you know, Arson Judge is <laughs> – after that tweet last year that uh, Arson Judge was going to the Giants, you know, if you whether you sign with the Dodgers, you sign with the Mariners, you sign with whoever you sign with, they want brilliance, they want brilliance now, and they want brilliance through the whole contract. There's going to be that pressure. When's he going to get on the mound? When's he going to pitch again? We don't know how much he'll ever pitch again. But 
I want people to understand what we have learned through our friends with the Angels. You have to understand that this is a free agent like we have never seen before. And I'm not talking about baseball. You can look at his baseball. He's a two-way player. Well, we don't know when he's going to really be a two-way player again. And we don't even know how much he'll – what he'll, we don't know with a second surgery what he'll be like as a pitcher going forward. We don't know. But what we do know is he's a human cash cow. And that's why I make the comparison is he's Tom Cruise. You got to think of Shohei Otani as Tom Cruise. You put Tom Cruise in a movie, it makes money. That's just the bottom line. That's why they keep making these Mission Impossibles. That's why they did it at Top Gun 2. You put Tom Cruise in a movie, and you're going to make money. You're going to make money domestically, and you're going to make money internationally. And that's who he is. You sign Shohei Otani, you are going to make an extreme amount of money as an organization. For A's fans, put it this way. Did you ever notice when Shohei Otani came up to the plate, there was Japanese advertising on the scroll behind home plate? Did you ever notice that? I mean, I did, yeah. Well, that's because there were companies that are being repped by certain certain salespeople who were calling the A's. We didn't call them. They called the A's, and we did buys with them. The A's made money with Shohei Otani just being in town. We made money. So can you imagine the team that has him? I remember Mark Langston, San Jose State great, uh, one of the best left-handers of his time, now a broadcaster for the Angels, talked about there was a family that came in and spent over a hundred grand on merch, Otani merch, on a weekend. It was like they bought seventy thousand on Saturday and they bought another thirty plus thousand on Sunday. And everybody was just marveling, like, how many players would somebody come into your stadium? And drop six figures in merchandise. Like, how many guys would do? I mean, how many guys have that kind of juice? I think even when like the the Angels weren't even playing in New York, and I think I remember someone put it out on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, that the Yankees were selling Shohei Otani jerseys, jerseys in, yeah. the, in their clubhouse store. <laughs> so the Yankees and their the Yankees know the power store. of Otani. I mean, it's just it's a reality. He, he's the ultimate return on investment. So it's like. Whatever his number is, unless we're talking about like what we said with the Mets, where that's now like a billion dollars, and that's why all these teams, you're seeing what the Seattle Mariners did with this trade, is they're trying to get the numbers down because they want to be below the caps and they want the hit to not be as much. But it's almost like you have to take his contract and put it to the side, and it's different than the other 25 guys. You know, you can sit here and you can say Juan Soto is a generational talent and Juan Soto this and Juan Soto that. Well, you sign Juan Soto, there's no companies coming from the Dominican Republic making you money. You sign Shohei Otani, you're dipping into the Asian market, you're dipping into the Japanese market, you're making a ton of money just having him on the field. Just having him on the roster, you're making money. That's what gets back to the Tom Cruise analogy. You want to make Mission Impossible, that's great. If Tom Cruise is not in it, how much money is it making? Yeah, probably not as much. I mean, he is Ethan Hunt. Uh, you're doing uh, Top Gun 2. How much money are you making without Tom Cruise? Love Miles Teller, but I don't think you're making that much. You put Tom Cruise in the movie, now you're making a ton of money. I mean, that's the bottom line. And that's what Shohei Otani, I mean, that's what you got to be weighing. 
and our friends across the bay, the San Francisco Giants, you know, Farhan has talked a big he's talked a big game. He talked a big game last year. I can still I still gotta bring it up on my phone. I still have the Instagram post of Carlos Correa in the Giants uniform with the with the uh, Christmas lights ne- necklace, and they had their Christmas deal and the New Year's deal. Obviously, they had to quickly take that down. You know what are the San Francisco? What are they gonna? They've been talking about how much money they're gonna spend. The Mariners, Jerry Depoto has been unloading salary. Clearly, they had to do this. You had to make. You've had to make decisions. And the Angels did the same thing. And the Dodgers obviously didn't go all in last year. You you had to clear up a lot of room to be able to get into the bidding. Eduardo brings up an interesting point to the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, we always just think, ah, oh, well, it's a Canadian team. You're an international team. Let's not forget when our buddy Josh Donaldson got the most votes in the All-Star game because he had the whole country of Canada voting for him. Toronto is an international city. I'm sure they got a lot of Japanese business going on in Toronto and Japanese airlines and all that kind of stuff that you have to think about. But Shohei Otani is, it's the big chip that we're all going to be waiting for. You know, obviously there's people making moves right now, but what we're seeing right now, especially with the Seattle Mariners, Evan White, who even remembered Evan White? The only reason I remembered him is because earlier this year I was talking to one of my friends. My One of my friends in Pittsburgh was like, when they need a first baseman, I thought of him like, good reclamation project. If you can save him, he doesn't make a lot of money. He signed that, as Eduardo mentioned, he was one of those five players that signed a deal for every reach in the majors. It was like six years. The Brewers just signed the guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chirillo, the number number two prospect in baseball. So ridiculous. Never played a game in, in the majors. I don't think he's played in AAA yet. It's uh, so ridiculous. But, yeah, they gave Evan White six for 24, and you look, at yeah. the time he looked, okay, he thought it was a good deal. He won a gold glove in 2020, and then he just has been nowhere to be found since. Well, let me ask you, uh, does the Atlanta Braves have a first baseman? Uh, that guy, the guy yeah. last year hit, what, 54? So, little, I mean, they're probably just going to DFA this guy. They're going to take the money on and DFA the guy. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to use him as a backup. Well, you can't, I wouldn't even say you bring him in as a defensive replacement. Olsen's a pretty good defensive first baseman. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to be on their roster. You're, you're taking his money because you're getting Marco Gonzalez. Because, as I said, team needs, number one team needs, 20 of the 30 teams starting pitching. Uh, did you see how the Atlanta Braves pitched in the, in the postseason? Yeah, not great. So, so they, there's a reason why they took that on, and – I, I, the first thing I thought about when that trade happened, and I sent it to you, our Scottsdale bro is gone. I, I was trying to look. Oh, oh, hold on. So he's no longer Scottsdale bro. He's Sarasota bro. Oh, <laughs> Kelnick, our guy Kelnick's gone. I loved Kelnick. We gotta see. We'll, we gotta see if Divish is here. I'll, I'll text him, see if he's here, and get him on to talk about the Mariners. Ryan Divish, who a friend of the program, right? A uh, beat writer for the Seattle Mariners. He's hilarious. We bring him on whenever we can because he's he's good stuff. He put it out on on uh, uh, on X yesterday and said, "I'm turning off Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But our Scottsdale bro, Keldick, remember he was having. I mean, we were joking. He's the new King Griffey Jr. Until he he kicked it. Was it to kick or punch? What did he hurt? His ankle or his wrist or what? Did I he thought kick? it was his. Oh, let me look. I think it was his. I think some of those legs. I mean, he was. I mean, he was finally living up to that billing, 
and then he got hurt, and yeah, but the Scottsdale bro is gone. He kicked the water cooler and fractured his left foot. Uh, he was he was <laughs> like having a career year. I mean, he fits in Atlanta because they they need a bat in the outfield, and he left-handed bat, so I get it. But all these moves that are being made right now, it's to who can land Shohei Otani, and it's been said that he he wants to have a deal. He wants it over. He's that's a there's a lot of cool things about Shohei Otani. I mean, we've learned over time, and we learned he's a great teammate. We've learned with the WBC, he's an ultimate competitor. I mean, he's in. Like, even, you know, how many guys, when all of a sudden you're getting Tommy John surgery, would they have shut it down? He didn't shut it down. He wanted to keep hitting. And we've seen that now twice. I mean, he is a guy that is ready for the fight. Because that's the thing that I didn't love about him when he first showed up. I was like, well, this guy's great. I mean, it's cool that he hits and he pitches. And we got to see right out of the gate. It was his first batting practice he ever took in the big leagues at a big league stadium when we seen him launching balls. And all of a sudden you're seeing him run the bases. You're like, man, this guy's an incredible athlete. We saw it right out of the gate first series that he ever played. But I was like, he's going to pitch once every six days and he hardly ever hits. Like, I mean, if he's not in the lineup – the hell's he going to do for how, how are you going to win with a guy well over time especially when joe madden came in you know they they worked it out and said okay what what do you think you can do and he goes i want to play i want to i want to hit when i pitch i want to play i started gaining a lot of respect for Shohei otani because he was like guys you're killing me i did, all this sitting i'm i'm not down and so we know that he's up for the fight this guy is true you know in 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 a time and age when load load management has become a major issue in sports, like we can't get guys to play. I mean, we were at the Titans game yesterday. They're taking Derrick Henry off the field on third down. You're like, you're taking your weapon off. I mean, that kills your play action. You know, having Derrick Henry on the field allows you to run more play action. But, nope, they took him off the field. They brought five five wide receivers into the game, and it was a disaster. You could run play action with the big boy back. Load management. We can't get guys to play. He wants to play. He want, and, and now you're going to be in a situation where you're going to need to probably – and this is what's going to be the tough thing about a team that's a new team with him – is holding him back from pitching because you don't know. And the one thing that we, when you have these surgeries and now it's a second surgery, you need, time is what you need. Time, you do not, you're not going to, you don't want to rush it, but he's going to want to rush it. So it'd be easier for the Angels to hold him back, but whoever is going to get him is going to have to really preach patience with the fan base, with the player, with everybody, because you don't know when he's going to... You have to hopefully prepare that someday he can return to starting. That's what you you have to hope. And that may not be next year. It may be a whole year after this. Right? It's 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 going to be, I mean, seeing these guys, I mean, one of the things that popped up recently in A's land is hearing that Ken Waldachuk had a strained UCL, not a torn UCL, a strained UCL, had a procedure done. I didn't even heard of the procedure. They have all these new procedures. But Ken Waldachuk underwent a procedure, and it's going to be a while before we see him. We, we, 
everybody wanted to be that guy that had the surgery and they got back faster. And look, I'm back faster. I'm throwing harder. And in some cases, it's been a disaster. And I, I, you know, Speed, we're in Nashville. I know somewhere Jared Parker is around here, former A's pitcher. And we remember him going through multiple Tommy John surgeries and how it ended for him down at spring training. Uh, I don't think anybody will ever forget that that video the people who were on the field when he threw that and you heard it pop and the screaming uh you'll never forget that i mean when you have these when you're dealing with ligaments time you've got to preach time and it's tough i mean it really is tough to try and tell somebody you know you gotta you've got to not try and go out there and make this thing happen Rehab is going to be really, really slow. But at the same time, oh, yeah, we need you to go out there and hit 50 bombs. Yeah. <laughs> right? No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> that's, that's what's so crazy about this. Like, yeah, when I talk about that return on investment, like, hey, he's Tom Cruise, man. I need this guy in the lineup because he makes us money. It's like, yeah, patience. We don't need you to throw. This is going to be a long process. That's great. But, yeah, now I need you to go out and I bombs, doubles, steel bags, and do all that. Yeah, who was it that, that told us? Was it us or someone said that, uh, or was it maybe reading? And then I think it was a Ken Rosenthal piece from the Athletic that uh, a, a GM and or an executive in the sports said they see Otani playing first base, so they can get him on the field more down the road. Maybe he he does like this pitches later in games, and he can become a first baseman. Well, you're you're gonna have to come to grips with he may never really be a significant pitcher. Yeah, he might. He that might. is that that. I don't want to see that. We n- nobody wants to see that. But that that could just be a reality that at some point, and it's really something that you know no one wants to talk about. But there has been some discussions. It's about how much can the human body take, and it's great. I, you know, Driveline put out Driveline put out this tweet. To me, was the greatest example of what's wrong. They had this kid who was turning his back and he did this big crow hop to get all of his momentum around and to throw as hard as he can. And they showed the progression. He was like at 94, then he's 96, 97, then 98, boom, he hit like 100. And when he, so this is over time. They're showing like a time lapse, right? And over time, he finally got to 100. And everybody there in this cage erupted. Yeah, and they're all going nuts. This young kid hit 100. And I'm sitting there going, are you kidding me? This quest for velocity, this quest. And I get, and, and part of the problem is, and maybe we can get into, into this with David Forrest, our general manager. You know, part of the problem is the teams because they've been on this quest for velocity they've been on this quest to find people who throw so hard and strike everybody out and that we've gotten to a point to where we see so many different guys with the human body the ucl can't take it and so you got this kid where everybody's jumping around going nuts throwing 100 miles an hour how long do you think that's going to last how long do you think taking this kid's body out there first of all we don't even know if you can get anybody out we don't know if he has any secondary pitches. Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, talks about, I don't want minor league throwers. I want big league pitchers. And Dan O'Dowd, I hope we're – are we going to get my guy Dan O'Dowd from MLB Network? I'm working on that, him and BK, working on our, our two guys. Because Dan O'Dowd, former general manager 
and and longtime front office guy through the years with Cleveland, but longtime general manager with the Colorado Rockies, did a great segment with Dan Plesak where they said, you need to start finding guys to throw innings again, what we've been preaching, and sinker ballers may be getting back in vogue. I, it's great. It's great to have Mason Miller. It's unbelievable to have Mason Miller. Oh, my God. Remember Mason Miller came on and everybody thought this is going to be the greatest thing we've ever seen. And what happened? We knew. He wouldn't stay healthy. Mason Miller's arm is incredible. And he throws so hard. And it's incredible. But can I – how many – what can I rely on with – and I'm, I don't want to single out Mason. I can just because we've lived the Mason Miller because – you know, we kind of broke it here on A's cast with the general manager that Mason Miller's just coming up. He's going to pitch. He's going to. And but he knew David Forrest told us we don't know how long it's going to last. And it lasted only how many starts? Was it three or four? Three or four. I mean, may, take Mason Miller's name out and put somebody else's name in there. There's so many of these guys. But the problem is we need to get 4,374 outs. How are we going to get all these how are we going to get all those outs? And that's at the winter meetings here is what you're trying to find is I need to find guys that can pitch. I need to find guys that can give me innings. And this bullpenning is great, but you know what? It doesn't work throughout 162 games. And that's why Jim Duquette, hopefully we're going to get the Duke on also. Um, and with Dan O'Dowd. What the po- you know, you can say the postseason's random, it didn't show us anything, whatever. What it could have shown us is it's almost like you need to build two rosters. You need to have a regular season roster and you need to have a postseason roster. The regular season roster, I agree, the postseason roster, you want a bunch of guys to get up there and huff and puff and blow your house down, strike everybody out. You'd love to have that. And that plays. Because you're not playing every single day. But in 162 games, that's not going to work. The San Francisco Giants went all in on bullpenning, and that failed miserably. It miserably. And sometimes you need to look at it. I might have a guy who has a four and a half ERA, but if this guy can give me six on a consistent basis, maybe even seven, I got to throw him out there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, you, and, and, and when you got this many teams fishing in the same pond, you're now fishing like who can go out there and get – who can even go every five days? So I, I texted to you the couple – it came out like last week, maybe a week and a half ago. MLB put it up on uh, Instagram, and I think they put it out on X. But it was like the list of every free agent starting pitcher. And 
I mean, good friend Tommy Malone was on the list. Like, I mean, Tommy Malone? He's, what, 30? What is he, 36 now? Are you, are you, we're that desperate? Tommy Malone, the USC 30, Trojan? Tommy Malone is 36 years old. He'll be 37 in uh, fe- February. When's the last <laughs> time Tommy Malone even had 15 starts in a season? Uh, that would be starts. Starts. Uh, 2020 or 2015. So a guy that hasn't had 15 starts since 2015 is on the list of starters. Yeah, it's a pretty extensive list. Like, I mean, like literally every free agent pitcher was on there. Wow. I mean, Drew Rusinski was on there. You know how many how many games he pitched for the A's last year? It wasn't very many. Wow. I mean, that's just what we're looking for is what's starting pitching. All right, here's what you got on the books right now. Our buddy Dan Otero. Dan Otero, 11th, Senior Director of On-Field Operations for Major League Baseball. Is going to be here at 1030. Matt Vaskersian, longtime A's fan, MLB Network, Matty V at 11 o'clock. Thank God we're not talking about him being an Angels broadcaster anymore. Well, actually, he still does do Angels games, I think. Does he? Yeah. No. No, he, did it. he was doing Angels games last year, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Not all of them, but mm. oh, I don't know. I thought I heard him on there. Mm. Remember they hired it. They've hired. They went out there for a search. Oh, I swear I thought I heard him doing games last look, year. Look, look it up. I don't think he's doing. I don't think he's doing their games anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know before we bring him on. Let's see, uh, I'm reading a press yeah, release wh- from the Times. They hired Wayne Rendazzo, who he had on when he got hired. Yeah, but I'm looking at. They have something here about Vasquezian. Well, Matt Vesgersen and Patrick O'Neill will return to call select games over the year. So that was last. That was before the season. I swear I heard him calling games. Select but. games. I I don't know how many games. Well, he's a random Angels broadcaster. Here, than, than here's <laughs> here's what we do before we bring guests on. We you know I powwow out them for a few minutes. Yeah, you, you need on. to ask. Are you still doing Angels and then games? I, the pre-screening process. Yeah, you still doing Angels games? Uh, and then we'll be back. When are we back later this afternoon? We're at two. I need to update that. Robert Murray needs to move to later later in the week. But we're gonna have. Uh, I'm trying to get our good friend Ryan Divish. He's here, so I'll try to get Divish on okay. this afternoon. Yeah, because the a- a- Angels right now—they're the—they started the meetings at as everybody, you know, started circling the bar last night. That's where everything happens. Let's just be honest. We can sit here and call it the winter meetings, and we've got we got broadcasters to the left, we've got television to the right, on the other side of the wall here, we got MLB Network, and we got oh, we got all these. It all happens in the bar. It's in the bar. There's a lot of people in there. Yeah. It all like tonight the bar will just it's it's just it's gross. Like like on the way out yesterday, Ray and I stopped and talked to Mike Farron for a few minutes, our good friend from MLB Network Radio. He's yeah. just all they're all hanging out. They're all just hanging out. It all happens in the bar. It's like we should start the show. We should all put our stuff together and just go to the bar and just this is where it happens. Yeah, we should do our show from the bar. I walked into the bar last night, looked over to my left, and there's our old friend Brian Sabian. Sabi Sabes back with the uh, New York Yankees, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy that say you know the old guard is getting back into the game. Ever since Bochy won the World Series, Sabian back with the Yankees. So um, yeah, it, it, it these things th- things are and and by the way, this hotel, the Opryland, the Gaylord Opryland Hotel here, and is this still technically Nashville? Yeah, Nashville. This is we're not even close to Broadway Street where all the shenanigans are going on. Yeah. Broadway Street essentially is New Orleans <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> it's Bourbon Street on steroids. It is it is 
What's the best way to explain it? It's like a way better, cleaner Bourbon Street. But it's ma- I mean, it's massive. It's mad. These play. There's hundreds of places, and everywhere you go has live music going on. And a lot of these places, like you go into like so. Now the the the, the famous country singers have all lent their names out, right? So it's you know Luke Bryan's got his place, Jason Aldean, Dirk Bentley. You probably don't Garth know Brooks. Him. Garth Brooks. And you what go. Do you mean? In, I went to the country music hall of fame. I know about them all now. You, you go in there and. There are multiple levels, these these bars, restaurant bars, and every single level has music going on. This thing is, it, it's, I, I, it, I can't believe there's cities who haven't copied this model. It's pretty I don't know if you can copy it. I just, you look at it and it's like, it just screams dollar signs. They show video of what it's like here in the prime season, in the summertime. You can't even walk the streets, they're so packed. It looks like Mardi Gras, but it's every day, all day. Looks like Mardi Gras, and it's way bigger. It's way. So I'm saying, if you've been to New Orleans, you've been to Bourbon Street. You know, New Orleans, the French Quarter. It's all the old school buildings built in 1718. Now, this, these are all massive places down this street, and it's jam packed with people constantly. It was. Uh, it was an experience on Friday night. It wasn't as busy. Saturday night was way more busy because. A lot of people were leaving the Predators game because the Predators play at like 3.30 Central Time. Yeah. So everyone and a lot of Ranger fans were here. So there's a lot of people out. When New we York went out, people yeah, everywhere. Yeah, when we went out on Saturday, there was a lot of people. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. And that's what I can't wait to talk to Dave Stewart. I mean, it's like this is a no-brainer. I, I can't believe now that I've been here, it's, it's almost idiotic that they don't have a baseball team here now. That you've just been doing triple-A. When you see how successful the NFL, when you see how successful the NHL has been, it's like how how are there how is there not a major league baseball team here right now? You're kidding yourself. They should have a team. Yeah, I agree. And they, um, I was trying to think. Uh, well, and they also have major league soccer. I'm pretty sure too. So I mean, they're they're getting more sports teams. I think baseball definitely need. They definitely need to have. I mean. How many, that story you told me the other day was alarming. How many times did Matt Olson go up and down from Nashville to Oakland? It's like 17 <laughs> times. And this That's is a, a long flight. It was a four-plus-hour flight, you know, nonstop from San Jose to, to Nashville. You think flew. about all those A's, AAA players who had to take the flight from Nashville, let's just say if they were going to Oakland, wow. That was a horrible AAA affiliate. Nashville Sound, I hear the ballpark's beautiful. They all loved being here. But, I mean, you're getting called up to the big leagues just to go to the home ballpark. You're, I mean, it's, it's, it's a four-plus-hour flight. That, that's compared to what you were used to having Sacramento and you just had to drive down 80. Yeah. Like now even Vegas, you know, quick flight to Vegas, what, hour, 20 minutes, four-hour flight. So you got to get there an hour early. You gotta, I mean, just to get a guy to Oakland from Nashville, my God. Might as well be playing in Seattle. Maybe it's oh, this had to be the worst. I, I want to see what the bills were for the flights. I mean, I, I bet they, I bet you know, they couldn't wait to get out of the deal with Nashville. Well, the legend is here. We can always ask him. Mickey Morbido, the great. Speaking of the bar, we'll have to find Mickey Morbido in the bar and, and ask about the travel. But this hotel is the largest hotel in the United States of America, rooms wise, that doesn't have a casino. That's, it's pretty impressive. Because when we got here, 
And I'm like, wait, you have 3,000 something rooms? Like, what is going on here that gets this many people to show up? Well, you get here and you realize they have a water park. There's the golf course. I, I've only seen the dock, but they have a boat that goes around the middle of this thing. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's so massive. Last, so I actually got a work in last night. I couldn't believe how it's like a gym. It's like a gym you would like, you would have a membership to. And then the pool area. So they have this massive indoor pool, but then they have the outdoor. It's closed now because of the winter. But they have this huge outdoor pool area. They have, they have 3,000 rooms at this place. I saw it from our, from our window. I could see the water park. Yes. It's, it's pretty impressive. And by the way, you and your wife need to keep it down. You guys are next to me. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh. I could hear you guys. Oh, we, we're just, in, I'm just saying you need to keep it down. We were in bed at like 1030. But yeah, you guys talk very loud. <laughs> you, just, you need to keep it down. All right, coming up next. I was wondering why you texted me what room you in because I thought you were going to randomly I could show, tell, I I'm like, show up. I'm hearing voices. I'm like, you're in the room we next were real, to me. We were really into that Packers-Chiefs Sunday night football Who game. Who won that game in the end? Go Pack Go. A couple of egregious calls at the end that hurt Kansas City, but Go Pack Go. So Taylor Swift showing up to Lambeau Field was a non-factor. She was the second slayer. Simone Biles is there. Her husband plays for the Packers. Simone Biles, yeah. she's still around. Yeah, she she's married to one. I forget which Packers. Great players. Olympic champion. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Great Olympics. You know. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Is, there, she, is she now considered the greatest gymnast of all time? Uh, my my ignorance for gymnastics. I apologize. I don't. But I would say probably yes. I mean, the only she's other, one of them. I, I we are there's 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 some there's some there's been a lot of the only one I can think of was Mary Lou Retton. There's been some great <laughs> Russians. Um, uh, yes, and there's been some great. Um, I would say Chinese or is it Japanese? So there's been some. I, I, I guess what, excuse what, us on our knowledge on, on the greatest gymnast of yeah, all time, but Simone Biles has to be definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I got to say, I guess we got to hone in for the uh, next Olympics to watch gymnastics. Yeah, I don't want to slight any of the uh, <laughs> Russian or Chinese <laughs> females who have won plenty of golds themselves, but Simone Biles one of the greats, but she's no Taylor Swift. No, well. Swifties, I don't care if they were there. It was cold, and they lost. Wow. Niners with a big win yesterday. Oh, they shut the Eagles up. Oh, by the way, real quick, that guy that had the whole spat with Drake Greenlaw. The, the head of security. He's a special assistant to the general manager, so he's a Howie Roseman guy. And everyone's like, how do you get on the field? I looked it up because people were tweeting. I looked it up. He's a special assistant well, wait, to the GM okay, first, and chief security officer. Okay. First of all, people need to understand. CSO. The – Team security is on the field. Correct. Okay? I know that being on the sidelines with the Raiders. And we traveled with a security detail. The team security is on the field. But they're on. So there is a line that is on the NFL sidelines. It goes out to whatever hash marks, starts there, comes in, and goes to the back of the benches. And it's this line. That only personnel can go inside that line. Nobody else. Okay? So, like, CBS sideline reporter cannot go in that line. Like, you have to have a certain badge to be able to go. You don't see this line. People don't know about this line unless you work on an NFL sideline. Being that I was a team broadcaster, I could go in the line. But most people can't. So the only people allowed in there are coaches, 
players, trainers, and the team security stays on that line to keep anybody from coming in that line. So the fact that the Eagles had the head of their security standing right behind the head coach or was right near the head coach. He was right on the field right there. He was right there with the players in that side. What are you doing? You're not – I mean, it's almost like you should put a headset on the guy and he's helping call plays. (laughs) They could have used it yesterday. I get they all love him. I get he's the buddy. I get he's the head of security, and he's you know. And you're saying Howie Roseman's guy, right hand man, but did, he's supposed to be back by the benches protecting the team. You're not protecting the team by standing next to the head coach. Oh, I thought I screenshotted. Oh yeah, here's his official title: Senior Advisor to the General Manager and Chief Security Officer. There is <laughs> literally physically no possible way that a opposing player should have ever been able to run into or be near him. Agreed. Unless a guy ran through and, like, hopped over the bench. Like, the security all stands in the back and around the, around the line to make sure no one comes into that little zone on the sideline to protect your players. What are you doing inside that line hanging with or hanging around the players? It makes no sense. Oh, well. And you know what? The Niners player, yes, he should not be getting into it with guys on the other sideline. But still, that guy should not be there. Yeah. Dre Greenlaw is the one who got thrown out of the game. He should not be there. That's the bottom line. Agreed. Well, then there's, I want to see what Dan Fell does, disciplinary-wise. So, that's going to come out maybe today or tomorrow. We'll see. Eagles now 10 and, what, 10 and 2? 10 and 2. Niners 9 and 3. Cowboys 9 and 3. Well, you know, the, the, the Niner player, and, you know, I'm not a Niner fan whatsoever, but I'm a stick-up for the Niner player. He should not be suspended. No, that, that guy I'm should not at, be there. No, no, I'm looking at like what happens. They're going to gonna suspend the Niner player, which sucks. What happens to Dom? That's the guy's name. Dom. Something. Oh, he's double D. Dom is put it name. this way: he's not going to be standing near the head coach next week. Yeah, yeah. Sirianni doesn't need a, a bodyguard on the sideline. Sirianni's a, already a hothead. So, how did he even come in contact? So, so, so the head of security tried to come over and break it up. Something like that. But and then, he was super close to the action to be able to yeah, get that. Yeah, and then like, I think he pushed Greenlaw. Then Greenlaw like put his finger and like touched him in the face or something. And then, yeah, dude, you just you you. In the end, you can't be messing with the players on the sidelines. Oh, it was, it was a, uh, it was a travesty. To see when is our next guest? Dan Otero in twenty-five minutes. Okay. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors who travel along with us. Here's the Link Soul. I got one of my new Link Soul pullovers on. We ran into a guy last night, a golfer last night uh, at the bar who had uh, the old Link Soul hat on. So thank you, Link Link Soul. Uh, Nest Betting is with us. When are we going to have uh, the sponsor of the Mark Mark Kotze show on? Uh, we're t- talking to Kotze tomorrow at 4. So we're staying on a little later tomorrow. Talk to Kotze at 4. Talk to Kotze at 4. All right. David Force is on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Uh, and special treat for everyone. I found this out this morning because um, I had I, I went through the guy directly, and then he put me in touch with his people. But uh, at 4.05 today, we're going to talk to new Angels manager, Ron Washington. Wash is going to be here 4 o'clock today? 4.05, but yeah. Was, not 4. By the but, way, I can tell you who we're not getting. Uh, I just found out Tory Lavelle is not coming on. He's not? He's flying home tomorrow, so they said he can't do it. I just got that bad news. I'd take him by video. He's the World Series manager. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll re- I haven't got a chance to respond to, to our guys with the Diamondbacks. Uh, William Bean is not here. Oh, uh, well, it's, see, I was, I was told a lie. He was on the list. I was told he was going to be here. I texted uh, Billy Bean this morning, and Billy Bean is not in Nashville. I wanted to ask him, someone, one of our coworkers brought up a 
old A's magazine, and it had Billy Bean's barbecue recipe in there. We wanted to talk to him about barbecue. <laughs> this was a time, Nashville. You know what I do appreciate about Nashville? Because I, once again, it was my first time here. The difference between, and I've done a ton of trips to Kansas City, the difference between Kansas City and down here, Kansas City known for barbecue sauce to where down here in this neck of the woods, Memphis to Nashville, they're known for their rubs. So everything's a dry rub. They give you sauce on the side. And it's not really, it's not barbecue sauce as we know it. It's more like a dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not thick. Very impressed with the dry. I, I love it. I've been very impressed with the barbecue here in Nashville. Same. I, I enjoyed it. We've had it the last couple of days. So I've did. had it every meal. Uh, I did know the first night. We went to Justin Timberlake's restaurant. Uh, I had a fried chicken sandwich. I, that's not barbecue, but. No, fried chicken. We're in the South. Yeah, so, okay. So, we have had it. Was it day. good? Yeah. And then I had a uh, uh, National you, Hut slider you, the next day. Did you get those special feelings when you went to Timberlake's place? Um, Do you feel like a boy band guy yeah, again? Uh, <laughs> my wife goes, <laughs> my wife dressed up. She goes, I'm going to dress up nice. He might be there. I'm like, you think Timberlake's going to be there? I think she was being facetious, but that's not Does the point. Does he live here? He's a Memphis. I thought he was from Memphis. That's, that's, uh, you're on your own, Justin Timberlake knowledge. Uh, You're on your own on that one. We have our crack staff here. Ray, is he from Memphis? I'm not, I don't even want that in my search. See, Memphis. I don't even want that in my search engine. Just like Taylor Swift's from Redding, Pennsylvania, not Nashville. I mean, she lived, grew up here, but she was born in Pennsylvania. Well, she's living all over. She's got a place in New York. She's, dude, you don't, I'm telling you right now, do not mess with Swifties. My kids are Swifties. So is my wife. Do not met like like all of a sudden my kids. I, I all these years going to Kansas City doing the NFL. My kids could care less. All of a sudden Taylor Swift's on my my. They're like we love the Chiefs. I'm like what do you mean you love the Chiefs? I've been buying you Raiders stuff your entire life. No, we love the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis, I'm like how do you even know who Travis? They know Kelsey. They they know they know Jason Kelsey now. My kids. He's up for sexiest man alive. Just put that out there, dude. dude the power of this woman is unreal. <laughs> We've got to get her on Ace Cast. We got to get somehow get Taylor Swift. Can you imagine if we got somehow Taylor Swift? We got to find some a part of Ace Cast. What that would do? We got to find some connection to her. We 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 we'd, we'd be so big we'd get out of baseball. I would think I would just quit my job after. Oh no no no! We would we would be like on an Entertainment Tonight. We'd be we'd blow off this dumb game baseball and move on. <laughs> Weighted runs created plus. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> we got Taylor Swift. Uh, that would be great. Um, Juan Soto. We need to talk Juan Soto because right now Juan Soto's on the back burner. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping a track, uh, keeping an eye on um, the old. Uh, X machine to see if anything happens. With I mean, if him. you're, t- we got to get something going here because uh, Kelnick and Marco Gonzalez and Evan White are not gonna. They're not. It's not gonna move the needle. Oh, I sorry, Morosi just tweeted about our good friend with Whit Merrifield saying he wants to play second base. Hard hit Whit. So two hit Whit. Uh, we don't need a second baseman. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, nothing, nothing right now on well, well, uh, Soto. The big thing you now the A's are gonna spend money, which is uh, interesting. We are going to spend money. The question is obviously on what. And as we have said, we got to find somebody who can throw innings. Give me, give me some bodies. 
the A's got to find some guys that can throw innings because you got all these young pitchers and we're excited about certain guys. But you got to find somebody who can throw some innings that you can rely on to throw some innings. That I know if he goes out there, that I mean, I got to, can he get me six? Can you go out there and find, because the strategy of, and Aletmus Diaz is still on the payroll as of now, but the strategy of going to get Trevor May and getting Jace Peterson and, you know, let's just, you know, let's get some guys and hope that they have years and we can flip them. No, put all your money into one or two guys. Whatever amount of money you got to spend, 20 million, 25, 30, put it into two guys. We've had this conversation with Mark Kotze, the skipper. Put it into two guys. Make them pitchers. Yeah, I agree. And Fifteen million per. Go find some guy who's had two guys that can play that'll take one year fifteen million dollar deals. Are you talking starters or relievers? Starters. Okay. Because Jim Bowden had an interesting name in his piece about Phil Maton, but he's more of a middle innings guy. So yeah, the A's need a couple starters now with the Waldachuk. I mean, news. we'll take anybody. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> but with the Waldachuk news, we don't know what his timeline's going to be. So, yeah, I definitely think getting a veteran starting pitcher to help out. and you know, But there I, is promise. When you look at the A's pitching, what we saw by the end of the year, there is promise. I think it's interesting. I think it was our good friend Bill Moriarty tweeted it out um, that looking at the A's rotation going to next year, and he didn't mention Joe Boyle or Joey Estes being in the rotation. And I'm like, uh, I think Boyle is going to be in the rotation, especially after what he did last year. You might have a you might you, you want to have a boycott. There might be a boycott on A's cast if we don't have Joe Boyle in the rotation. The big kid out of Notre Dame is he our opening day starter? I love this kid. <laughs> he was phenomenal. Yeah, the start against the Angels, he was great. The, every start, I'm pretty much every. He start was, was great as an interview. Yeah, I loved having him on the show. Yeah, he, there's always a selfish point from our standpoint. But no, you know. don't want to see that big kid out there chucking it. Oh no, I think he definitely should be in the rotation. And how old is he? He's a college guy. He's ready 20. to rock. He's not young. This isn't a prospect. Uh, Joe Boyle. I think he's 25. I could be wrong. He might be 26. Uh, Joe Boyle is 24. My bad. He'll be 25 in August. Yeah, he's going to be 25. But he's a college kid, as you mentioned. Played college baseball. Bears tight end Cole Komet. Was he 6'7", 6'8"? He is 6'7", according to baseball offense. 6'7". Get that big 6'7 guy out there and let's go. Who's the last tall pitcher of the A's on besides A.J. Puck? A.J. Puck. Yeah. It's been a while. Now when that, we were building for a while. David Force was building a basketball team with starting pitchers. Oh, yeah. We had, power, we had power forwards all <laughs> over the joint. And plus, the, our pitching coach isn't short either. Estes? Like seeing what he had. I mean, you started – I mean, they're, they're, for the A's, if you could add some guys, you, you could also – I mean – you put a rotation together. We know what the young guys, I, the young position players, to me, are exciting. And that's what we want to see. After a year that we had last year, give me some excitement. But you need some, you need some help. You need, you need some help giving – you need some help some guys getting you some innings. So, some guys – I'm not I'm not saying veteran guys. Just get, get me some guys that that I know – can I get some guys with 25? At least, I'm, the 30 starts, okay. I, old Man River, I'll get out. I, can I get 25? Ooh. Hopefully. I mean, I know we're really lowering the standards on the threshold of starting. We are. I mean, starts, it's pathetic. But, I mean, you know, one thing we could get into, too, if we have time, uh, not what Max Scherzer had to say a few weeks ago about the pitch clock and their pitch oh, timer. And, 
and how that's you know how that's all affecting. Everything. He basically gave false information uh, because of Max Scherzer doesn't like the change. Max Scherzer then goes out and gives false information. Less guys, not more guys have been hurt because of the clock. The data does not show that. Yeah, and then actually, what Ted Simmons said the other day was fascinating to me, at least about how no. Do we have time for that? Um, we do. I just want to. I have to grab it real quick. Okay, coming up next, we haven't even got into the the second biggest story of the meeting. The biggest story is Otani. The second biggest is Soto. We'll talk about next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Ace Cast Live continues from the studio. Here's Chris Townsend. Hey, Cody. You need to switch up. The great Dan Otero's here, and you got like Cardinal Baseball behind us. Yeah. KMOX, a great radio station, right over here. Cardinals have been making moves, signing pitchers, but we got Card. We can. I have no problem promoting the Cardinals. Great. Uh, Mark McGuire, Tony Larusa. I mean. I know you guys have been Bogart and Ace players for years, the St. Louis Cardinals, for God's sakes. They're, they're broadcaster over there. We're joking with him. Dan O'Terry, you're now Senior Director of On-Field Operations for Major League Baseball. You have become very important. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. These uh, winter meetings are pretty uh, insane. You know, we were just talking about off the air. It's like the media we've – hijack this event because we want to break news and we're all breaking down the meetings. But really, this is the industry coming together. There's constantly meetings going on. We know there's A's, you know, our front office is here. And when we think front office, we're not talking about David Force and the baseball people. We're talking about people who deal with tickets, Mm -hmm. promotions, advertising, security, like all the different things that go on in baseball they're meeting about. So it's not all – not everybody is sitting here wondering where Shohei Otani is going to sign. Well, maybe everybody is, but you know, there's countless meetings going on. Clubhouse managers have their meetings. Traveling secretaries have their meetings. So it's just a constant, you know, evolution during the meetings and that all the great minds from all the 30 clubs get together and they kind of talk about what they're doing the following year. It's great. So what exactly are you now doing in Major League Baseball? So I'm working with – Great people, Gregor Blanco, Rajay Davis, former A, yeah. and uh, Raul Labanias. And we have our small kind of group of former players within a bigger department of baseball ops. You know, we work with Mike Hill, Danielle Monday, Julie Hernandez, Sam Therrien, and we try to build relationships with the current crop of players to explain what the new rules are, explain what we envision the game growing to, and then we're their kind of conduit to the commissioner's office. And then we do a lot of different things during the postseason, checklist items to make sure everything's, you know, level playing field for both clubs, um, you know, clubhouse standards. So a lot of different things, but our main focus is probably building that relationship with players to make sure they have a voice in this game. How smart was it for baseball to say, need a middleman? We need a middleman, the players and us. And you bring in former players – we now educate you more on the game. 
It allows you to then tell the players more because they're going to trust you because mm-hmm. you're former players. Hopefully they trust us, and we're trying to you know, make the game – we're trying to work together in collaborative effort to make the game what it is. And it's a great game. We want the fans to love it. We want the players to love it. And we want it to continue to grow so in 20, 30 years it's in a good spot. Um, so I hope it's a good decision, <laughs> and we're trying to be those stewards of the game you know, for the industry that we love. You know, This is baseball, and we want it to keep growing. I always love asking this question. Now that you've had this fancy job for a while, (laughs) what's the one thing you think back as a player that you had no clue that now you're in, like, these meetings or you learn something like, wow, I had no idea? Well, so many things. I mean, just talking about the RSAs, the security guys and ladies, and they go to the stadiums and they make sure everything is set up in a safe way so when the players arrive that they're taken care of. You know, that's just one element of the game that has nothing to do with maybe on-field personnel, but they are crucial, and they're wandering around this place now making sure that everything is safe, and that's one thing that is fascinating to me and just talking about, you know, the different global events we have coming up. Like last year we had Mexico City, we had London. This year we have DR, London, and Seoul. Yeah. And their job is in, it's so hard, and they've started six, eight months ago, maybe even longer, doing site visits to make sure that everything is set up in a way so the players, families, coaches, the players themselves are safe when they go over there for those two or three days um, to try to grow this game globally. Yeah, you got to realize, so I, I've done the trip to Japan twice with the A's, and it's great. Like, you show up, and there's buses show up and take you all over the city of Tokyo, and you're like, this is great. And then you go to the Tokyo Dome. But someone had to do all of that. Someone had to set all those trips up. Absolutely. And, yeah. the, glo- and the global events team does an outstanding job, and I've learned a lot of what they do also. And they they try to tie in with baseball ops to make sure they're doing it right for the players. And so it's just a constant just motion and huge machine and we try our best to make sure that the players are always taken care of because they are the you know the focal point of the game yeah i and and i think that's so huge for you guys in your job is you understand that in the end it's about the players and sometimes and and i get it like any business you think what you're doing is best for the business and you forget about players needs i get it it's just human nature you're like well this is what's best and you go wait a minute you still gotta have to deal with the players so how, how many times, or just talk about that part of your job where sometimes you have to tell people, well, let's slow up here. This might not be so hot for the players themselves. Yeah, those conversations kind of happen on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, we were always spitballing creative ways to improve the game or to make the game better or just keep it the way it is. And then sometimes it's like, wait a minute, from a player's perspective, this may not work. This may not be in the best interest. Or this may be what could happen three or five years down the road from a player's point of view, if this is implemented. So we try to always give that player perspective. And then in addition, we're always talking with the current crop of players, whether it be the major league or the minor league, to really hear what they have to say because they're the ones experiencing it now. You know, yeah, we played a little bit ago, but they're the ones in the dugouts now, in the trenches, and their viewpoint is so much different than even ours is. So we're always trying to stay in tune with what they're thinking. So every generation changes, even though the game, there's going to be players are going to be similar, but the players start to change. And one of the things that changes all of us is uh, is technology, right? I mean, I got to think about, you know, when I was playing in college, we didn't have these. We didn't have these, right? Mm-hmm. We had to actually go to the library back in the day. I'm that archaic. Um <laughs> 
And you just think about how much technology has changed. It wasn't that long ago you were playing, right? No. And it's changed so much. So just talk about how when you talk to these players that you see there's there's a difference in the players right now than just a few years ago when you were playing. Absolutely. I think it's a generational thing. I mean, I have young kids and just seeing what how many how much tablet time they have in school and just you walk into a clubhouse now and it's no longer necessarily guys around the table playing cards or dominoes. A lot of them are on their phones or on their personal Xboxes playing whatever game they're yeah. playing. Um, and that's just not even on-field technology. Then you have all of the other technological devices that are trying to help you get better on the field, like Rapsodo, TrackMan, Traject, iPitch, um, all these Edutronic, Kinetrax. I mean, it is a countless ends of types of technology trying to help these players perform at the highest level, and it's being introduced at the Little League level. You know, so you have eight, nine-year-olds sometimes hitting on a track or pitching on a track man machine. And so it's it's fascinating how the game has evolved and we just hope we can marry the two components to not go one f go one way too far. I told a story not too long ago, years ago at Candlestick Park, I was doing an interview with Ricky Henderson as a New York Met. Okay. And standing next to us, just listen to the interview, was Glenn Allen Hill smoking a cigarette. <laughs> like, you think of, like, how different the game is, right? He's smoking a cigarette right there, listen to the interview. And we're, you know, he knows Ricky Anderson, one of the greatest players. I'm like, how different the game is today. It, it's, uh, it, it's insane. Uh, all the new rules, uh, I think, for us covering the game, it was, like, right on games. You yeah, home earlier. Hey, I got. Hey, I got to talk after the game. If you can speed this thing, I mean, I'm I'm on hours before the game. After you can speed it up, but I mean, just the stolen bases. Just you know, now that you look back on it, how do how how do you think it went for the players? We receive majority positive feedback from the players. Um, obviously, there's hesitation going in, especially in spring training when we're talking about all of these. Okay, this is the rule. This is what it's going to be. Go over all the hypothetical scenarios. And then all of a sudden, once games started, a lot of that kind of just went to the wayside. Not to the wayside, but it, everything kind of worked itself out. Because once the game flow started picking up, players were like, oh, shoot, I get 35, 40 minutes of my life, and I can go home early. Or, um, so all in all, it was very positive. You know, there's always some tweaks we can make to improve it. But I would say it was a resounding success, and I think from the fans' point of view, it was great. And watching playoff games in three hours, 3:02, was yeah, you know, it was a great thing for the game. And players adjusted very quickly. They were the best players on the planet, some of the best athletes on the planet. And so I think giving them another full off season to prepare for this pitch timer is just going to make them even embrace it even more. Um, so all in all, it was really successful. And kudos to the baseball ops game strategy team within the office doing all that research on the front end to make sure that when it was implemented, it was ready to go and there weren't that many hiccups. How important is it to get it going early in the minor leagues so by the time they get here, the, that, that new generation comes, it's like, well, we've been doing this forever. Yeah, I think that was huge. I mean, I think last year, I think we looked at the 40-man rosters on opening day and I think like 45 to 50% of those players had already been exposed to it in the minor leagues. And even from the umpire's point of view, a lot of the umpires, younger umpires were exposed to it either in the minor leagues or the fall league. So the younger umpires were able to help kind of the veteran umpires out, be like, hey, it's not, it will all work out, you know, because they had done it. So I think both from the player side and the umpire side, that the fact that all of, a lot of the players and umpires were exposed to it 
in the minor leagues or in the fall league really helped. Our sport doesn't <laughs> like change. No. It just <laughs> does not like we're like the old old man, we're not changing anything, get off my lawn to where like <clears throat> Every single year, we were talking about it. We, we actually went to the Titans game yesterday down down uh, downtown, I guess. And we we're like, God, you can you can't challenge pass interference anymore, right? So it's like every single year, the NFL. Well, you can challenge it. There's, they're constantly changing things. Hockey, mm-hmm. NBA, constantly. Like now that these changes worked, and the data shows that it worked. Could we see more changes that can help the game and really kind of modernize the game? Probably down the road. I think, you know, a lot of it's going to let this marinate for a little bit and let everybody kind of adjust to this new way of playing, even though 20, 30 years ago it was that way of playing. You know, in the 80s, 90s, 70s, it was quicker paced games. So we just kind of went back to what it used to be. And I think we're going to let it just – I don't think we're going to see any wholesale changes anytime soon. You know, maybe some tweaks here and there. But I think – yeah, I mean, it was a resounding success, right? Stolen bases were up. It was an exciting product on the field mm-hmm. with a lot less downtime, which was great. So what's <clears> – what's what, I mean, as a former A, we're always rooting for you. Um, Commissioner of Baseball, <laughs> what, what, what's next for you? What, I don't know. Maybe – You're going to own a team? What, I, what are you going to do? Maybe manage like Vote. You know, I don't know. We, that, all, we all believe in Stephen s- Vote, right? Swear to God. <laughs> it was – did you get the date on it? When we – so Steve <clears throat> Mariners come to town. Uh-huh. We do an interview in the dugout with Stephen Vote. I will get it because we're talking to him tomorrow. So I'll have it for us for tomorrow. This was like two months ago. Or th- yeah. two and a half months ago. It was, so it, was we, it was in September, late September. Set the cameras up. <clears throat> he comes down. Known voter for years, yeah. right? We're doing the interview. He's just talking about, you know, getting my feet wet, you know, in the bullpen and learning. <laughs> and you know, there's so much to learn. This is the interview, right? And then we're going over his great ending with the A's and everything. But – it's because you know, we just had him as a player, yeah. and now he's just you know he's down the bullpen with the man. He's now the manager of the it's, Indians. It's amazing. So happy for him. We stay in touch constantly, and obviously I played in Cleveland also for four years. So knowing the situation he's going in with that front office and that fan base, it's a perfect fit for all of them. And uh, I can't. I mean, I wish him the best. He's going to be great at his job. We all knew as a teammate that he was going to be a manager someday. Yeah, and. It happened this fast doesn't really surprise any of us. I mean, it happened fast. I mean, the thing for me with him, and I think I probably learned it the most from Bob Melvin, because we had, you know, being around Bob for so many years, is that no matter what, you can have all the data and technology, you can have all this kind of stuff, but the bottom line is we're still in a business of communications. Mm-hmm. You still got to be able to communicate with the players, yes. and that's where a guy like Vote has his strength. Absolutely, and he's done it all, right? He's experienced the lows of the lows, starting off over whatever he did in his career. He experienced the highs of the highs, and, you know, he turned himself into a two-time All-Star. I think he pretty much – I think he got de- or optioned down after one of his All-Star years to start opening day with Oakland. So he's experienced all of that as a player. And then being a catcher, you also get to communicate and relate with 1 through 25 on the roster, 1 through 26, all the relievers, all the – starters all the hitters so he's good he's set up for success in that realm and he's just a natural communicator natural you know leader so it it's it's gonna be fun to watch him grow in that role and i'm excited for him well we know you got <laughs> meetings we appreciate you stopping by it's been a lot of fun and it was last year in san diego we got to talk to rajay yeah and he was so excited about this role you guys are excited and, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch <clears> your careers after your playing careers evolve as you're now becoming a 
part of the fabric of Major League Baseball, and who knows where it goes, but you look like you're having a good time and you're staying in the game that you love. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate you having me on. Well, good to talk to you. And uh, enjoy all those meetings. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All righty. Fascinating. It really is. Can you turn me down just a little bit? Dan Otero, we're just off the air right now talking. And... What's really cool about how much time do we got and where are we? So we're we're now going to get to the point where we got a ton of guests coming, so we don't. We got about we got about eight minutes or so before we take a break, and then get to set up for Matty V at eleven. Matt Vaskersian. Okay, so Dan was telling us just all the different stuff that he is involved in. That they are. Even like the, the the architects for the A's new design of their new stadium, they're involved in. They're involved in everything that has to do with, deal with players. And then he was just telling me off the air, because we were talking about retractable roof versus not having a retractable roof. And these retractable roofs, they control base. So there's protocol that the teams have during this regular season for retractable roofs because you, you you wonder why like we go play texas during the year right roofs never open but all of a sudden you get to the postseason and now the roof's open well why is that well it's because baseball wants the roof open the rangers don't want the roof open so it's kind of like well why do you build retractable roofs if you never want them open arizona never opens their roof during the regular season i have no idea why i don't know if it's cost I, does it cost more money to move the roof? What? Because I, I don't know why. I'm I'm not in the architectural baseball, football, because I know some of these football. Like in Arizona, the Cardinals, they have an opening to their roof, and they have a whole thing that they do before the game. They play dun-dun. Da-da! And the roof starts to go like this, and everybody starts clapping and going nuts as the roof's going open. So they do that before Cardinal games. So I don't know if it's it's a if it's a cost thing. I don't know why. I guess we'd have to talk to stadium operations for those facilities. But I don't know why these retractable roofs in baseball, like Toronto, they're like hardly ever open. But when it comes to the postseason, baseball's like open it. It's always weird. Because that was the thing about the World Series. Now, Remember? baseball, according to Dan, baseball doesn't have full control over that because there are protocols. There's weather protocols. It's got to be within certain degrees or whatever, but baseball can be very um, pushy about it and be like, open the roof. So all of a sudden, the roof's open in Texas. I mean, you had a World Series where you had two teams that had retractable roofs that during the regular season, 
you know, we don't go down to Arizona much, but whenever I turn on our friends at NBC Sports Bay Area and watching my snakes take on the Giants, as everybody knows, I'm a Tory Lovello honk. I love Tory. Tory's leaving the meetings early, but we have to get him. I don't care if I, it's by video. I, I asked if we could do that. Remember, love, trust, commitment, and effort. So, Tory, so you had two teams playing in the World Series that had retractable roofs. They never opened the roofs, but for the World Series, they were open. Why? It's a great question. Baseball wanted it yeah. open, but it's like if you're never going to open, like if the if you're never going to open it, why have it? Doesn't that doesn't that the Falcons, the Falcons have that weird spiral design that opens up? That's I guess Arthur Blank played a paid a grip for. Like it opens up from the center and it like it's like a spiral the way it opens up. I've never seen their stadium actually open, so I don't know. I know when I was there, it was closed. <laughs> but I, I think the video, Ray, Ray, look up the the roof for the uh, Falcons. So you have these teams now for football. Obviously, it's different because you're you got you got. What nine home games now? Yeah, including preseason. Yeah, well, the yes. Is it nine or ten? It used to be ten. What I, is it I don't now? Because you don't have as many preseason. Yeah. Um, what the hell is it? You used to have eight. Yeah, it used to be. I don't know if they like stagger because you play an uneven amount of games. Because you play nine, you play seventeen games now, so you're going to have either one more road game or one more home game. So it depends. Back. Okay, back. whatever it is, it's very few. So when they can open those roofs, they do. Baseball doesn't. So what is the point? Like Seattle, Seattle, I understand Seattle because it's always, you know what, no matter what anyone says about Seattle, they're lying to you. It's always raining. It's always raining or it's always misty. Always, 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 always. It's been very few. I've been to Seattle a lot in my life. It's been very few times I've been to Seattle, and it's been nice. And when it is, it's gorgeous. It's uh, They are right. When it's a beautiful Somewhat, it's never warm there. But if it's somewhat warm in Seattle, it, it's it's an incredible, it's incredible. But you know what? It's never like that. There's always some type of water falling from the sky. I was just looking at the Niners schedule. They play ten home games, and this is including preseason. Ten home games, ten road games. But it was eight games in the regular season at home, nine on the road this year. So I guess they're going to have to like stagger back and forth because of the uneven amount of I mean, games. obviously this is not going to be something that we really delve into big time, uh, but maybe during the regular season figure out, like, hey, why do teams that have retractable roofs and you look at the weather and it says it's nice out, why? Because, you know, first start of the year and the end of the year, Arizona's beautiful. Yeah. I think you're – I wonder I – never, I never looked, so I don't know for sure, but I, I think there might be a way you can track how many times the roof has been open on different places. There has to be. But I mean, I mean, if you have a retractable roof, would that be the whole thing about it? Being like, "Hey, open that bad boy up, let's go." Yeah, I mean, obviously, when it's I mean, the weather controls it. But yeah, if it's or when like Texas, like when I went to a game in Texas at the new ballpark last year, it was like 110 degrees out. Okay, I understand. Don't open the yeah, roof. Yeah, get day. it. You're but, in Seattle. It's raining. Yeah. I, I get it. But if it's like 80 degrees out or 90 degrees, I think you can open the roof. Well, the, the, the thing that I like about Seattle is that the way it's opened in the side, so it's still kind of chilly in there. You don't you, you don't feel like at nighttime. You don't even notice that the roof's up. You don't even notice there's a roof there. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to I never, compared to like the trop. Oh my god, Tampa's awful. Like, I, I take our ballpark over the Trop any day. The Coliseum, <laughs> I'll take the Coliseum over the Trop. The Trop is awful. 
is oh, it's dark. You're in this. It's a dome, right? These new stadiums, you don't feel like even if it's a, or just a roof, you don't feel like you're because you can open the sides. Dude, that is an old school dome. Miserable the drop. It's awful. I've never been there. Ray's been there, and he knows what it's like. But yeah, I've never. Ray, been there. am I right? The drop's terrible. You're in a dome. It's terrible. Now I will say it's important to have a roof because the whole time we were there, that four game set I was with the A's against Tampa. It's like you can see the lightning going on outside during the, the day games. I mean, it's I mean it's lightning. It is crazy. But Dan Otero, I mean, good for him and Rajay Davis. We got a chance to catch up with former A's outfielder Rajay Davis, who is also a part of this group of on-field operations. Uh, the middleman, basically, and it's smart by baseball. And it's one of the things why the winter meetings is important. This is, a, this is an industry gathering. The media sits here. We're not media technically, by the way, but the media sits here, and it's Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal. They hijack the meetings. These, it's really all the teams are meeting with each other, and baseball is meeting with the teams. So they are. It's really in in an in, in industry gathering, and all the sports have them. I mean, all businesses have them, right? That's why you have conventions. It's a basically a baseball convention. But it's not what you see on MLB Network or what, you know, we're going to sit here and talk to all these people. But really, there's meeting after meeting after meeting of people inside our sport. Yeah, and we saw a lot of them last night. We'll see a lot of them today. Like we saw uh, Mark Feinstein from MLB Network just walk by on the phone. I'm sure he was, you know, maybe trying to find out something going on with the Yankees or Mets. But um, still, no, still no news on Otani or, or Soto. So we got, the, uh, we got the Cubs guys next to us. I mean, the Cubs are – are the Cubs going to be big players? We keep hearing rumblings that they will be with you know, maybe Otani and the, what do they do? They bring Bellinger back? I just, I just, Otani is. If if you put a list of teams up and said, okay, where's he signing? I'm not saying Chicago. I'm just sorry to our guys here at Marquee Sports next to us who are about to go live on television. Uh, Otani's not signing. What is it? He wants to find out. He wants to sign both the team by the end of the week. He wanted. He. I was. I was here in the meetings. By the end of the meetings, it's, oh. it's not going to be Chicago. I don't. I. I like the. Like more, more what, th- what would be, what would be the return? Maybe you should get one of these marquee guys and say, like, like, how are you going to take advantage of him in the international market? How is Chicago, going? Because because we know, I can make a case why Seattle, San Francisco, L.A. works. How you're going to take full advantage of Toronto, who, too. Yeah. You, you know who'd be good to ask about that is Dave Stewart. Dave Dave loved playing in Toronto, but obviously Dave now in the owner's mix and having been, you know, because Dave was also an assistant GM for the Blue Jays. So Dave knows a lot about the business of the Toronto Blue Jays. It'd be interesting to ask Dave. I got to – we will have Dave Stewart at some point. I've been texting back and forth with him. Um It'd be interesting to ask Dave, what does he think the best market is for Shohei Otani? Well, he would know. I mean, you've mentioned it. He's been, in, he's been a GM. He knows played in Toronto. He's played in a lot of these places with teams. Apparently, San Diego and the and the, and the Braves are apparently in on Otani. Atlanta's Atlanta. San Diego's been San Diego's hemorrhaging. Hemorrhaging. So they're trying. I've been trying to tell you folks. I got inside word on this. At some point, this franchise is going to be put up for sale. They've been hemorrhaging. It's been an absolute nightmare for them peter seidler who god rest his soul was a great man did a lot for a lot of people uh he approved all these crazy contracts 
he passed uh, he passed not too long ago, and the Padres are going to the team's putting a trust. The team is trying to get the payroll. Just I mean, think about this: they're trying just to get to two hundred million. I mean, do you think they really want to trade Juan Soto? No, no. But Soto's going to cost an arbitration like $33 million this year. They need to get rid of him. Why? Because they have overspent. You know, this whole thing when fan bases just just spend to spend. Just, you know, we want you to spend. Spend to spend. That's what the Padres did. How did it work out? No, not great so far. No, Bob Melvin, by the way, former Padre manager and San Francisco Giant manager is going to join us. Oh, we always got to find out when we're going to have old Bobby on. Old Bobby, you keep looking over at the shoulder like because I'm late, I'm waiting to see if we're Matty V. I want to see. I want us to go to break so we get set up for. Okay, him. Matt Vaskersian from MLB Network will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Maddie V, Matt Vasquez, and longtime Bay Area grew up and raised. Chris, yeah, you, distractions. You got you got to keep your game on <laughs> because it, it's early in the meetings, right? So we start at 9 a.m., no one's here. Then all of a sudden, I'm sitting here. Cody can't stop looking at everybody, so I always feel like someone's coming around my shoulder. Right. And he was waiting for you, so I'm like, I mean, it's hard. And you got TV here. Yeah. You got Cardinals here. Yeah. I've already been ripping the Cardinal people because they've been stealing ace players for years. Years, So I Thank had to you. go after them. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. I mean, you know, when – Eckersley and Tony went there in one fell swoop. I was so done with the Cardinals at that point. They did. They poached all the great, that whole run of guys, McGuire. I mean, we don't have to go through it again. Like Carney Lansford was on the staff. Oh, he I was. Mean, That's yeah. Right. That's I mean, right. it's crazy. So if there is a brouhaha between K- KMOX mm-hmm. and Ace Cast, you'll understand. Well, I got you. I'm here. Yeah. We do, all we need is Cody. They're not going to mess with him. <laughs> How are you in the morning show at MLB uh, Network good, going? Good, man. It's, um, you know, we're early in this process, obviously, so no one is quite sure if Otani's going to sign here or if we're going to get home, and then it's going to happen a week from now. Um, there seem to be a lot of people who feel like it could happen here. Yeah. And I've never been in the prediction game when when it comes to contractual arrangements or trades. But, you know, last night that Kelnick deal got everything off to a pretty interesting start. That's a big deal. And when you get a guy like Marco Gonzalez involved as a throw-in, who's been a fixture in a rotation for the better part of five, six years, and Kelnick, who's always been this uh, world-class talent that's never had the canvas to do his thing over 162 and now he's going to be in a timeshare and a very good team's outfield. It's fascinating trade. So maybe there's more of that happening today. And clearing the room. I mean, obviously you got to clear the room, right? you got to figure out how are you financially going to make this happen. But I've been saying, you know, the way we need to look at Shohei Otani, because we've been living it, right? He made his debut against us. Mm-hmm. We know the people with the Angels. You've been around the Angels. You know what a cash cow he is. I like, I've been comparing it to, like, Tom Cruise. You put Tom Cruise in the movie, you make money. 
There's a reason why they keep making Mission Impossibles. They make Top Gun 2. He's on the team. The return on investment That's is there. That's You're a gonna, really good call. When Otani plays against the A's, you look in the background, there's the Japanese advertising. Yeah. Everybody. So not only whoever signs him makes money off of him, we, the opposing teams, make money off of him. It's true. It's true. The, the lines at uh, Angel Stadium in and out of their main concession store last year for a team that was not playing for anything after about August 15th were wrapped around because it's one of those old, we know from the yeah. Coliseum days, it's one of those old uh, concrete monoliths where, you know, the concrete wrap goes all the way around. Yeah. That's how you get from level to level. Up the ramp, around the corner, up the next ramp, around the corner, just to get into the souvenir store to have access to buying the, the Otani swag. Fans were showing up with empty suitcases to fill them with Otani items and then take them home. It was a, it's an amazing draw. There's nothing that I've ever seen like it in baseball. Fellow San Jose State Spartan baseball player Mark Langston on this program told us about the family that showed up and in two days spent over a hundred grand in an Otani merch. Two days, a hundred grand. Two days, a hundred grand. Bitcoin money. That's just what like, I say. I think it's got to be. It's like you got to understand this guy. It's like whether he, no matter what he does, he makes you money. Yeah. So it's like, what is the right team? What is the right fit? I I have thought, I said it, I still kind of think it. The minute he got hurt, kind of brought the Angels back into play. Mm. He knows mm-hmm. the staff. They know him. He knows the medical staff. They're going to have the kid gloves. He won't be rushed back in any way. Because it's going to be hard not to rush. If you give somebody $500 million, it's it's going to be tough not to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, and I felt the same way at the time, too, but. Uh, upon second thought, is I, it crazy to think that? I, I, I don't think there's a discount coming. If that's what the thought was, that no, maybe... no, no. I think that you'll pay full price. Okay. I just think this is where he's comfortable. Living in Orange County doesn't suck, right? You know, it'd right. Be, if he was 100% healthy as a pitcher and a player, I think no chance. But now I think there is a chance. It might have brought the market back to the Angels a little bit, but I, I've gone back and forth on how I feel about where he's going to land. Because at first I was staunch in my assertion that geography mattered that it was going to be a west coast team he had just bought a uh, enormous compound in hawaii so he wants to be halfway between home in japan and wherever his baseball home is in the states he's not a big market guy he doesn't need new york like reggie jackson did um and i think the creature comforts on the west on the west coast are going to be the same in a place like san diego anaheim la even san francisco as they would anywhere else in that group, and I thought that mattered for him. The rhetoric we hear from his camp, because they're trying to make a market for all 30 teams, they're trying to (laughs) bring everybody involved, is that geography doesn't matter and that the Cubs are in play and that the Mets are in play. Maybe there's some truth there. The, The two teams that I would buy more in that argument are Atlanta and Toronto. And Toronto, the uh, their their beat writer um, on MLB.com put a uh, something out on X today that said they're very much involved in this. They have a seat at the adult table in the Otani sweepstakes. Atlanta is so lean, and they're getting such great value on deals they have for Acuna and Albies, among others, that they actually can do it too. Not to mention they own the entire zip code around the ballpark, including the theater and the restaurants and everything else that people spend their money doing after a Braves game. Those two teams are interesting to me. Beyond that, I'll stay with my original assertion that it's the four 
West Coast California teams that are the most interesting here. Who would be the biggest shocker? To me, like, I just don't see Chicago. Oakland A's? You know, I don't. I, he <laughs> tore us up. He loves hitting in that ballpark. Why wouldn't he want to play there? Uh, the biggest shocker among the teams that are really being talked like about legit. here. Yeah. Um, boy, I'd say the Red Sox would be a shocker just because of the impact he would have on that franchise. And I haven't heard a lot of smoke about the Red Sox being involved here. But there's a you know there's there's a new brain trust leading the way there, and maybe that's the way they're going to be. They're not going to be among the more public teams. Look, the agents and the executives, the executives. I shouldn't say the agents. The agents love this forum. I don't think anybody that runs a team as a general manager or a president of baseball operations likes the idea that they have to walk through a lobby and encounter guys like you and I asking them questions. Yeah. They prefer doing it in private. That's why. It's not like it was 30 years ago where the GMs and the managers were all hammered in the hotel bar every night. They're in their room conducting business privately. There was a time not too long ago where guys were unafraid to tip them back, and they're sitting at the hotel bar, and they're ha-ha-hee-hee and all that stuff. Now you get, you know, you walk by with your cell phone, and there's some, uh, you know, you got a bunch of empties on the bar, and, you know, guys got not a, a good look. lampshade over his head. <laughs> not, not a great look. Right, right. I saw Brian Sabian, old Sabi Sabes last night in the bar. I was okay. like, hey, how you doing, Brian? But, it's, yeah. It was much more fun. Let's put it that way. I miss those days. Well, I and I think about how he is such a big investment, it's paralyzing because you can't really do anything until you, you know. So now it like, goes because I am still want to talk to you about Soto, like, like, like Juan yeah. Soto. I mean, this is a guy. Do you do do you want to give up something for him now? Do you want to wait and just bid for him? I mean, but he's obviously at his age. You're buying his prime. Right, right. Um, Mike Petriello did a really interesting article on MLB.com a couple of weeks ago, trying to find similar cases on the free agent market as to Soto, a player who's in the same age of his career player who had accomplished what he had with the same ability, the same upside, who is is likely to be dealt with one year left on an existing trade and then re-signed someplace for huge money. And the best comp he came up with, and I do like this one, was Lindor. Right, He had one year of canvas left on his Indians deal. Uh, they trade him, uh, and at, at the time, we all think that the deal stunk. We all think that what Cleveland got wasn't very good. It was pretty good. And then the Mets, because they're the Mets and they have the large East financially that not many teams do, they were able to make him that huge princely offer and keep him there forever. That's probably what's going to happen with Soto. The acquiring team is going to be a big market, big money team. They'll be able to give him that big deal. They'll get it done before the season ends. And I think, I mean, my personal guess is that it's going to be the Yankees. I mean, the need is is striking no for doubt. him there. His skill set plays with the short porch and left, like a left-handed power hitter. The, the Yankees have not had a left-handed power hitter for the last few years. How can that happen? Your ballpark is screaming for it. So I think I think the Yankees make sense. I know that the those franchises have traded names and that the discussions have been ramped up here a little bit recently. Maybe that's where he ends up, and that's one of the few teams that can play on that field anyway. And the thing that, you know, we're looking at every single team's going to talk to you they need, and I know Dan O'Dowd was talking about this recently, just like, we got to find some guys who can throw some innings. 
Mm-hmm. I, I I love that you throw 100 miles an hour, but I know you're going to blow out. That's the guys next to us. The Cardinals have done yeah, that. Yeah, find me some guys. Yeah, if you're going to sign Lynn, you're going to get the I, – I, just get – we need somebody like the A's. We're down here. We need innings. Yeah. you got to get 4,374 outs. That doesn't count extra innings. That's, oh, that's a, a lot, good number. That's a lot of outs. You got to find guys, and that's the thing. This bullpenning thing was a disaster yeah. in San Francisco. I mean, there's so many. All these teams, like once the big names go, teams got to find. Do we have enough human beings to throw all these innings? We're not training them to do it. Well, I mean, for context, you make a really good point. There's only one team now that has four pitchers on the roster that each went 180 or more innings, and that's the Cardinals because they just went out and got them. Yeah. So they prioritized that kind of uh, workload pitcher in a rotation. Um, the top of the rotation guy they got is Sonny Gray, and then they got just guys that are going to get outs and take the ball every five days. It's a lost art, to your point. I mean, the landscape is littered with uh, all these great brains in baseball that think you can put together a seven-pitcher, 27-out game. And it's hard to do because if one or two guys vomits on themselves, you're done. Look at Game 4 of the World Series of Diamondbacks. Like, they knew they were up against it. Game 4 of the National League Division Series, the Diamondbacks, they actually survived it and beat the Phillies that day somehow. It wasn't going to happen again. And in Game 4 of the World Series, it caught up with them. So your point's well taken. There's a premium on guys that are going to get you into the sixth inning. They're harder to find than ever before, and maybe we get back to that uh, as an industry. All right, if I have to bet who's going to be on your guy's show, I know you keep the tracker. Harold Reynolds has no chance. You and Lauren, who's, yeah. who am I betting on that's going to – because you guys keep the tracker going. Yeah. Who, 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 who do I bet on that's going to have the most appearances? I will tell you with confidence that I will take the title again this year. Shahadi takes two weeks off every two weeks. So she's two weeks on, two weeks off. Uh, she's like a nurse. <laughs> yep. Harold is, if there's a shiny watch in the back of the room, he has something else to do. Yeah. So his attention is span is short. Do especially. you ever say, Harold, they don't have celebrity golf tournaments in December. What are you doing? <laughs> they, they don't have that. He doesn't even play golf and he goes to celebrity <laughs> golf tournaments. That's the, that's the thing that burns me. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm there making the sauce every morning, and uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We're watching. Thanks. We're watching. Thanks. We get. It's fun when we have guests. Like this is why this is fun. Like we get guys yeah. that come on with us. Logan O'Hoppy, the Angels catcher who lives in the Northeast, is actually coming to the studio Friday morning to be on Hot Stove. We had Kyle Schwarber come in once about five years ago, and nobody's ever forgotten it because it was so funny to see him in our little tiny space. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll we'll be doing it regardless. Hey, we always appreciate it. Good seeing you guys. And you know you this it. fan base absolutely loves you. Go A's. It's uh, tough sledding, man. But, um, gosh, you know, do you guys play Immaculate Grid, by the way? Of course. So whenever there's an A's line, it's just the best thing about my day. It's the best thing about my day. When you go, like, A's Giants and I can put in Bob Ochinko or whatever, <laughs> uh, A's Indians, and I can hit you with Miguel Delonay, it makes me feel so good about my life as an A's fan. Our former guest was one of those, both of them. Uh, Dan Who? Otero could have been in both of those. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah, Dan Otero. Real good. We still tell the Shooty Babbitt story. Because, you know, I play golf with Shooty a lot. I mean, he... And when he came and found you, we still we still bring up the he, when you were broadcasting. He never believed me, man. I went to school with a Shooty Babbitt baseball card in my Velcro wallet. 
And when he learned that, he thought I was lying. I'm like, no, dude. And my best friend had a Mike Heath card in his Velcro wallet. We love those teams. Those Billy Ball teams, that's how you cut your teeth. If you're 12 years old and you're, that's your favorite team, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. That sticks with you for your life forever. No cell phone, Velcro, Velcro wallet, and we survived. <sighs> yes, we did. We're better we better for survived. <laughs> Always appreciate it. Good seeing you guys. You we got, got more coming up next right here from the Winter Meetings on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, right now, I'm busy texting A's Hall of Famer Dave Stewart, giving him, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up the schedule for Stu. As he is here. And as we all know, he's trying to make the Nashville Stars happen. And he's going to make it happen. And Dave Stewart will be on this program. Good. He's here every day. He's here every day doing something. Well, we haven't, we've, it's been a while since we talked to Stu. Based on NBC, I'm assuming, last time we talked to him. Who do we got next? Uh, well, we're done at noon. We're done at noon? Oh, sorry, sorry. Noon our time, ten on the West Coast. Oh, and then we're back. How right. so? We got what? How long do we have for lunch? Like two hours. We're not taping anybody in between today. Tomorrow we got voters. Yeah, because because last time we were at the winter meetings, we, you wouldn't you didn't even allow me to get something to eat. Well, tomorrow it's voter and uh, our good friend Anthony Castrovents who are taping in between there. We're gonna tape both of them. Castrovents voters at twelve ten, and then Castrovents is to one thirty. So we got plenty. I of brought time the book. I brought his book. Plenty of time to eat tomorrow. All right. And today. All right. Um. Oh, that sucks. Well, All right, never mind. I, by the way, where are you taking me to dinner? I, we never said it was here. I thought it was, you know, because you, I mean. No, 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 no. I said it was at the winter meetings. Oh, no, you said I. we never set parameters on where the uh, dinner would take I place. I think the winter meetings would be a great place for you to pay off your bet mm. of the Mariners not making the postseason. Speaking the of the. Cho- speak- the choking Mariners. Speaking of the Mariners. We're trading everybody off now. Speaking of the Mariners, Ken Rosenthal tweeted this while Matty V was on. Fallout from last night's Braves-Mariners trade. The Braves do not plan on keeping left-hander Marco Gonzalez, sources tell The Athletic. Expect to be part of another deal, destination unknown. What about Evan White? Didn't say anything about him. Yeah, he's going to get <laughs> DFA'd. That trade, I mean, I mean, everybody's like, oh, man, the Mariners got hosed. It's like it doesn't – because the Mariners got some prospect kid who's hurt. Some right-handed pitcher. I was looking at video of him. He throws hard. I don't know. Was he a Tommy John kid? He, he was, didn't pitch. He, he's never pitched. He was drafted in 2022. He's never pitched. Yeah, he was drafted in 2022. So he's only been in the, he's only been out of college or high school since 2022. Well, he had all last year to pitch. Yeah. And he didn't pitch. So you trade for a guy that did pitch and a 27-year-old nobody right-hander. Yeah. So yeah, Coar was a he was actually Coar was already traded once this offseason. From Kansas City, he was in the deal that sent like Kyle Wright and 
All those guys. Oh, his in career the numbers are terrible. Yeah, he's twenty. I think he's twenty-seven. No, I. I so I mean, but th- this whole right. thing is this whole thing is they're paralyzed because they got to get down. They got to get the money down. I mean, that's the bottom line. They got to get the money. They've they everybody has to make the finances try and work for Otani. So these teams right now are paralyzed. You're not going to go make any other financial commitments until you know whether you're in or not on Otani. And all these teams are claiming that they are all in and they are going to spend as much as they possibly, they'll spend what it takes to get him. So if you're in that mode, if you're in the mode that you're going to spend whatever it takes to get him, you're not going to be able to go cut a three-year, $70 million deal with somebody else. All business is on hold until these teams, like think about the Yankees right now. The Yankees, okay, they were doing the Soto dance, and then they said, ah, it's too pricey. Well, that's just all negotiations. And in reality, they know they know that the Soto deal is probably $400 million. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. So if you know the Soto deal is $400 million, but yet you still want to be in the Otani suite stakes, well, that's $500 million. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So can you really make the call on Soto until you know about Otani? Can anybody make the call on Soto until you know about Otani? I think that's why we're waiting. It's like uh, we're, we're seeing all these moves happen, but I think everyone's waiting to see what happens. With- Last year's winter meetings, you thought it was basically Judge is either going to be a Giant or a Yankee. Now, he was at the Thursday night football game against the Buccaneers, got on the private jet and flew to the west coast to san diego to the winter meetings which we thought was to meet with the giants but it wasn't it was to meet with the padres and the padres actually made a bigger offer to aaron judge than the giants did and in the end all that didn't matter he just wanted to be wine and dined and he was going to re-sign with the yankees anyway right yes so but that was really a two three team race last year that's not the case this year this is a total. You have so many different teams that are in on this guy, and none of them are going to make any moves until until they find out what what his deal is. Yeah. Now, Vasquezian brought up again, so that's twice now. We had Eduardo Perez and now Matt Vasquezian have both mentioned Toronto. Yeah, because I keep seeing that on on X that Toronto could be a big player for for him. Got to remember man, they got they got they got big loot. The Blue Jays got big loot. I mean, they're putting in like 400 million to revamp I still call it the Sky Dome cuz I'm a dinosaur, but yeah, I mean, they're they're they got big money. SportsNet, Rogers SportsNet, they got they they're all the the cable, they're that for the country. You got a country behind you. They got big money. And signing an international star like that in Toronto, can we, one of the great international cities, Toronto. Can't wait for him to hit a home run playing for the Blue Jays, and he throws up the six symbol. Oh, my God. <laughs> All of a sudden, your boy Drake is now a Blue Jays fan because of Tani he's signs. Running, he's running around. He ditches up. the Raptors, and now he's all about baseball because of Tani. Well, once Taylor Swift going to start hanging out there. Taylor Swift's going to start dating Otani? She gonna, no, she's going to start going to Blue Jay games and just capture on everything, all the momentum in sports? Oh, God, that'd be the worst. <laughs> that would be. But, I mean, that, I mean, I really never thought about that. 
I never really thought that the big player could be the Blue Jays. Yeah, because like, well, they're they're probably most likely not going to bring back Chapman, right? So no, because they, you know what, they know that that Brian Kinney, my my guy Brian Kinney, we got to get on him about that. Ah, uh, oh, his hard hit is but he hit one sixty seven the last month, second to last month he hit one ninety seven. Where the hell are you getting these barrel? He has the best. It was the best hard hit rate and the second best barrel rate. Yet the what he hit like two oh seven for the last five weeks of the season. Yeah. He was not a By, excuse me five months of the season. He for, couldn't hit. He's Matt Chapman. We watched it. We saw it. He is so streaky, and he goes through those times where he flat out cannot hit. How do you how do you go back to back months of hitting a buck ninety seven and then a buck sixty seven and you're trying to sell me on a barrel rate? Yeah, it's um it's not good. That's that's what we do now when trying to sell players because if their their traditional numbers aren't great, best defensive they, third baseman. There's no question. We th- his athleticism. Matt, we love Matt Chapman. We got to know Matt Chapman real well. But Matt Chapman, bring up month the month on Chapman. I mean, it's crazy when you see how his first month he hit three seventy something. After that, he was awful. Give me a second. I'm pulling it up here. Uh, let's go to this, the old splits page. You can also look at his home and away splits too, because I, I think he was a better hitter. Just give me the months. You just see, it's just it's crazy how bad he was month to month. Uh, okay. So we'll talk, start with his great April, March slash April, where he hit 384. Then so he hit 384 in the first first month, basically. Five homers, 21. Everybody's talking about, oh, it's finally, this is where it's at. Oh, my God, Matt Chat. And then watch this nosedive. It's unbelievable. So five and 21, that's homers and RBIs. Next month, uh, May, 202 with two home runs, seven so runs batted. You in. hit 380 in, in, in a month, and then drop the next month, you hit 202. Yeah, with two home runs and only seven runs batted. You're not even hitting your weight that month. All right, third month. Uh, June, he hit 200. So you hit 380, and then the next month you hit 202, and the next month after that you hit 200. Correct. All right? Then July, he surges to 247. 247, he's now like Tony Gwynn. All right, so then, but look how he finishes. It's unbelievable. Uh, August, 197, one homer, six runs batted in. 197, the last month? 167, two home runs, four runs batted in. <laughs> and you're going to sell me on barrel rate and hard hit rate when you're hitting 167 and 200 and 202? I mean, you're in. Get the. He was a better Good hitter. Good luck. You know what? You, you San Francisco Giants, you want to do it. Good luck. Better hitter away from a Roger Center. Two, 254 on the road, 223 at home. Good luck. Weren't they supposed to move? Weren't they moving the walls to end at Rogers Center? No, they made the, the, the Rogers Center. They made the outfield wall change, they and they made, some they, places got deeper, some places got shorter. But to, when you're hitting 200, when you hit 202, and then the next month hit 200, and then you finish going 197 and 167, you are an easy out. And that's the thing with Chapman. He goes long periods of time where he just does not make any contact. It's strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. I, I just, like, you're crazy. You want to sign that long term? Now, obviously, the guy's hard nose. He brings it every day. We always love that about him. His defense is second to none. But, man, he can't, I mean, he can't hit. You know, even if you look, even if you go and you look at his OPS, like obviously the first month great, then it was five eighty five, six six thirty three. Then when he had the two forty seven, dude, dude, take out take, take out the first month. What are his numbers? Um, 
I'd have to go through the whole list and do that. But he had a, his OPS in the first month was 1,152. The next highest was the entire year. rest of the year was in July when he had a 908. Every other one, the highest was 633. And you're, and you're playing at the Rogers Center, which is offensive happy. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, that, that I just I, I don't know how you can justify giving him a, I mean, put it this way. Why wouldn't the Blue Jays sign him? Why wouldn't the, if the Blue Jays saw enough, why wouldn't they be all in? Yeah, I don't, apparently they must think that they can plug someone else and not give him the $200 million that he wants or 300 There's no way he gets $200 million. I don't think now after the year he had last year. Especially if the what if what if all this pandering we hear about how the Giants are going to sign Otani and Yamamoto and they get Matt Chapman? That's their I mean that's an upgrade than what they've had, but that's after Kiribating the number one free agent again and you miss out and that's your guy. It'll be a major disappointment. It will. I mean, I can tell you now when he's hitting two hundred in July, there's going to be like Giant fans. The way they had run the club the last few years, they have forced themselves into this situation. You didn't get any star players. You've never replaced Barry Bonds, right? As Buster Posey's a great player. Buster Posey's going to be a Hall of Famer. I get it. But you, 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 you got so used to what it's like to have Bonds, and you've never produced – you've never replaced that. And at this point now, you haven't spent the money. It's time to spend the money. It's time to, re- it's time to have a guy like that. They need a guy. They need a guy. And they haven't been able to produce that from their system, which is hard to do. Star players, it's hard. Where where can you get star players? In free agency. Is Matt Chapman that guy? No. If you want to just spend money, I get it. But finding a star player, that's not going to be Matt Chapman. Yeah, I think. Like, or you got to trade for a guy. Uh, well, see, I was thinking. And that's the whole thing about Soto. But trying they, to get Soto in division, Preller to me seems like a guy who doesn't care, and that's something that you know, Billy Bean for years didn't care. Billy Bean would trade you in division. Yeah. I mean, if you're you're going to get what's best for, you're going to get the best possible deal you can get. So, I mean, would you trade in division? I probably wouldn't, but then I'm not a guy making those kind of calls. I'm sitting here next to you. That's that's very true. Uh, I could wondering what, where you're buying me dinner tonight. Uh, so, see, I thought Soto. And the Giants, but then the whole in-division thing, and I don't know if Farhan and and, and A.J. Preller can work out a deal, but, I mean, A.J. Preller's on his, what, a sev- seventh manager? A.J. Preller, my God. <laughs> How this guy has a job, it's, it's, it's beyond me. One of his former managers just got hired to be the manager in Milwaukee, Pat Murphy. Uh, then it's beyond. Now Schilt's the manager of the Padres. That happened, you know, so now he was that was the last job open was San Diego, and they finally hired Schilt, like, well, like two weeks ago. By the way, the date on voter getting on the show, he's on the 19th of September. Stephen Vogt on the 19th of September on this program telling us he's just learning his job in the bullpen as a coach for the Mariners. And he's now the manager of the Indians. I was going to look to see. Excuse me, the Guardians. Guardians That's hired. crazy. I'm going to see what the official date was when they hired. It was like, was it like early November, if not September or October. November 6th. It's almost like, do you know what? So we, we, have, we have voter tomorrow. Yeah, you need to go get the clip of where he was talking about how I've had a lot to learn. I'm still learning. Play that clip for him. And go. That was two months ago, <laughs> and you're now the manager of the Guardians. You're not the guy in the bullpen anymore. You're now the manager. Uh, uh 
Yes, I almost said Stephen Vogt would have been a great uh, when we were talking about uh, when uh, Matty V brought up Immaculate Grid. I was going to say, oh, Vogt would have been a great uh, A's giant, A's guardian, but he never played for the Guardians. Never just man- just manage him. Ladies and manage him yet. Well, that it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got – Matty V has a little insight, too, being around the Angels. Yeah. And, and like, and, and he had the great insight of telling you what it's like when you got the line wrapped around your merchandise – and people are coming in there with just bags trying to get as much Otani merchandise. That goes back to how much money this guy brings you as an organization. He's a cash cow. You're not you're you're not necess- you're not it's hard to say it in baseball. You're not buying the numbers. Yeah. You're buying what he brings off the field. You're buying the marketability and all that. It's where it goes to like a Hollywood actor like Tom Cruise. What Tom Cruise is going to do for you domestically, internationally, all the merchandise, all the stuff. I mean, there's, there's, it's what this guy brings, that there's no other player. You know, even Trout, Trout will always, Trout will have the value of the contract. And the reason why Trout will always have that value is because he'll play his entire career in, in, in Anaheim. He'll be there for the rest of his life. You got to realize, guys like this, when they stay in your organization forever, so years from now, when the Angels are, are, are having their special dinner where they're trying to close out the biggest sponsors and people are handing you checks for $100 million and $200 million, well, who's the marquee guy there? Oh, the Hall of Famer, Mike Trout. That's what these guys – this is what that, – that's why you, you sign these guys to a contract and then you say you have a 10-year after – like what Pujols did with the Angels, which has been a disaster now that he's showing up to camp and everybody's like, you're still around? But (laughs) that's the whole thing. It's like we sign you to a contract, and then after you retire, here's a 10-year service contract because you still mean so much. A guy like Trout will mean so much, like we've seen with Willie Mays. Willie Mays means a ton to the Giants. Whenever they have their big donors and they have their big sponsor, they're wheeling Willie Mays out. Willie Mays is still helping them close deals. And still, the Giants, it's Willie Mays. A player like that sticks with you forever. That's the value that they bring. So when people say, I'm not sure if Mike Trout's going to ever be worth the kind, Mike Trout will be there forever. I really think, I don't think Trout's going to leave. He's going to spend his entire career. Some point they'll get a new ballpark. He'll have the statue outside. Every opening day he's there. Every big event he's there. It's just, that's just how it will work. I was just going to ask you, more likely to happen. You remember when I did, recently, I just did the whole event with Jason Giambi and Comerica. So we did Comerica Bank, and I'm up there with Jason Giambi, and we don't even view Giambi as, even though he's now an A's Hall of Famer, we don't even view him as the A's guy. And these guys from Comerica Bank, who's a sponsor, I'm up there, uh, and they're hanging on every word he said. Yeah, I mean, he's... So, so just pick it up. We, kids we, like people my age. Like did I even they, tell the story? About Jeremy? I don't think so. So we did an event with Comerica Bank, and it was in the visiting clubhouse. And we're in there, and it's all the top guys at Comerica Bank. And it's a dinner, and they serve dinner inside the clubhouse. It was really cool. It was all, you know, the, the, the lockers and everything were, were set up. And, you know, we talked Jason, with Jason Giambi. Giambi took questions from the crowd and everything. They loved it. They loved it. So just think about what Mike Trout will be like years from now when you're having these big events with the big sponsors and you got Mike Trout there. 
That's why he's worth the money. It's just not how many home runs and stolen bases and MVPs and all that. Yes, winning World Series is what it's all about. But now Corey Seager's that guy with Texas. So years from now, after Corey Seager has won you a World Series, Corey Seager's going to be doing dinners for you, and he's going to be doing you know luncheons and brunches and with the main sponsors. There's a reason these guys have this kind of value. I was just going to ask you. Why do you think they're rolling Jerry Rice out at the 49er games constantly? Why? Because he's Jerry Rice. He's been at every – he's everywhere. These guys have great value well after they play. I was going to ask you more likely to happen. Steph Curry is going to be rolling around talking to Warriors. Joe Lake will have Steph Curry helping close deals and going to dinners and playing golf and doing all this stuff with sponsors for years after Steph Curry's career is over. So the the talk of him being a hornet you don't think is going to happen? Only you're talking about that. Uh, fans have talked about him, not, not media, fans. Troll, <laughs> fa- you trolls have he, been trying no, to get Steph he'll, Curry. He'll be a warrior for his career. Yes, no, I was and s- they'll have a statue, and Steph Curry will always be there when Joe Lacob needs him, and when they're doing big sponsorship deals, Steph Curry will be there. That's what all-time greats do for your organization. They they live. It's like it's like when we were at, right before the great Al Kaline passed away, and we were in Detroit. I don't. I don't think Delaire even knows the story. I've told the story about where Al Kaline came into the booth, and you're like, "Oh my God!" I mean, Al Kaline was always there. He's Mr. Tiger. He was always there. He was on the payroll from prom to the big leagues. He was Al Kaline. A guy like that continues to help you make money. I mean, so that's that. That's where you got to weigh this kind of stuff in when you think about these. So everybody just wants to look at numbers of what the player's going to do, these franchise guys go way beyond that for years. But that's what business people think. You know, here at the winter meetings, we're going to sit here and, and you know, go down his data and we're going to look at everything. And, yes, that's all important. But when you're making a financial commitment like what we are going to see, you're you're thinking beyond. he's beyond them. I know there's been shows before, beyond the numbers. He's beyond the numbers. Well, I was going to ask you, more likely to happen, Otani signs with He's the, the bank account is what he is. Otani signs with the Giants, Chalk gets traded to the Phillies. Who? What? What's more, what's more likely to happen? Otani signs with the Giants, okay. or Chalk gets traded to the Phillies. Chalk's not getting traded. Yeah. I, don't th- I think more likely Otani can sign with the Giants. Because although I, they, I've been seeing people link Trout to the Phillies for some reason this offseason. Trout understands the value of staying with one organization his entire career. He's not changing. He's going to stay. He's going to He's going to be the statue guy. He's made that commitment. That's where it's at. Well, I, I mean, for my wife's sake, I hope he stays with the Angels. Not as I that that's just where it is, and that's hopefully where we will get at some point where we have a player like that. But you know what, though, there's not a lot of players like that. No. Like the funny thing, it's like when, 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 and and I've taken so many phone calls over the years about it, where we said we don't keep the player. Who keeps their players? And if you go back in the history, like, go back into time, how many people stay with one organization their entire career? There's not many players. Yeah, like if you look back recently, like Jeter's one, Joe Mauer, um, I guess David Wright was Mister Met, but like other than that, like a lot of guys move around free agencies. Th- you had Kirby Puckett. I was even thinking more like in the last 10, 15 years. I mean, you had Tony Gwynn, you had Cal Ripken, you had Robin Yount, but there's not a lot. We've had over 20,000 players. How many guys? I mean, Willie Mays played for the Mets. 
I mean, we look at the Giants always talk about, oh, they're like, hey, Willie McCovey, for God's sakes, was an A. <laughs> Very true. So it's like it's like – you know, thinking that guys stick around their entire careers, it is very, very rare to have one player have a Hall of and and let's say a Hall of Fame career and stay with one team, a Hall of Fame career. Wasn't Tom Seaver a Red? Yeah, it was a <laughs> Tom Tom Seaver when he won his three thousandth game. He was a White, White Sox. Yeah. So yeah, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson won his three hundredth game with the Giants. That's Correct. I mean, Nolan Ryan. What what is the thing? Nolan Ryan pitched in the most innings for the Angels. Something about the Astros, but then went into the Hall of Fame as a Ranger. Yeah, probably the most strikeouts in the National, obviously. But I think as the most games pitched or whatever, most innings pitches with the Angels. Something, but the team he did not pitch the most for is who he, whose cap he wears in the Hall of Fame. Isn't uh, speaking of Hall of Fame, doesn't the the Hawk want to change his his uh, cap? The whole thing he wants to move from the Let's Expos go. to the Cubs, I think. Yeah. Steve Carlton got his four thousand strikeout as a Giant. Wow, that's good knowledge. I did not know that. That just tells you. Well, yeah, he wasn't with the Phillies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's he has a statue. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know we haven't brought up today. Our guy got in the Hall of Fame. Smoking Jim. Ray said he has to go up. He should do the Hall of Fame speech shirtless. I said no. He has to have a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, he's got to have spikes on and a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Jim Leland, who we have developed a great relationship on this program. We've had him on how many times? Probably like five or six. Oh yeah, smoking Jim. Jim Leland, truly. Uh, you want to talk about baseball lives? A baseball lifer, not a guy that played in the big leagues. I mean, Jim Leland, who, you know, really Tony Larusa helped give him. Uh, a great opportunity. Obviously, they're very, very close. Went in the World Series with the Marlins. Great years with the Tigers. Great years with the Pirates. Was it was a winner, no question about it. Started winning a little bit with Colorado. Uh, Jim Leland going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Got elected. Got the seventy-five percent. Very happy for him because Jim Leland. I mean, obviously, we're a little biased because the relationship we've established with him on this show, but. Uh, Jim Leland, just the ultimate classic. Happy for him to yeah. get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, so the Marlin? Is he going as a Marlin? Won the World Series there? I, mean, I don't Do managers have to have a – I don't know. I don't know how it works for managers. But if you had to, would, would he go in as a Marlin, Pirate, or Detroit? I mean, the success he had in Pittsburgh. Yeah, never, you're just never. trying to fit. You know what? You're just trying to fish Pittsburgh. That's all. The fish that saves so, Pittsburgh. What was that the movie? Yeah, it wasn't like with Kareem. Um, somebody posted it in, on X yesterday. It was, do you have to play this entire speech for Jim Leland's Hall of Fame speech? It was him ripping Barry Bonds at spring training. Oh, that is the best. <laughs> I don't give a blank who you are. I, I'm tired. Just leave. Just leave. And he's just cursing. And the, somebody's got a boom mic not that far away. He lit. The one guy that could control Barry Bonds, Jim Leland. Yeah. He lit up Barry Bonds. Was he, he, I've had it. He was screaming, I've had it. He was done listening about the contract. He was done listening to Bonds complain because Bonds, as we know, is really hard to deal with. He is really, really hard to deal with. Leland had had enough. But you know what? That, and, but Leland loves Barry, and Barry loves Jim Leland. Mm-hmm. It was the respect. Barry was somebody that needed 
that heavy hand on him. And when he left Pittsburgh and went to San Francisco, I mean, it, the, the tube was out of the toothpaste after that. You were never getting that back. No one could, no one could control him. Other way around. You said the tube was out of the toothpaste. The toothpaste was out of the tube. What did I say? <laughs> the other, you said it opposite. The tube was out of the tube. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't push it back in. Once Bonds went to San Francisco, who's going to control him? Dusty didn't control him. He ran all over Dusty. And then who was? Oh, Bochi? No. Felipe Lou? No. Nobody was going to control him. Nobody. And that's why he had four leather recliners and he had all his seats and PR people would have to guard him while he napped. I mean, the whole thing was a travesty. Is Leland the first – I haven't done the research. I'm just asking the question out loud. Is he the first manager to get elected to not win 2,000 games? I don't know. I'd have to look. Because a lot of the guys – like they always say like 2,000 is like the threshold, like Dusty getting 2,000 and the World Series win. And then um, uh, who was – Bochy. I mean, Bochy was going to go in, but he only had, he had like a losing record for a while. But like 2,000 Bo- wins. Bochy still teeters depending on that week – on, he's won th- on a 500 record. Bo- oh, Bochy's oh. been under 500 for I, a I, long so time. I thought you were going to say he teeters on the Hall of Fame. I'm like, I think he he uh, secured it with the. No, World I don't think Bochy's a Hall of Famer. I think he's got to win some more. Yeah. yeah, I'll say it. I'll be the one guy. You know what, Bochy? You won. You won three and Brock five. Brock Purdy can't be an elite quarterback wearing his hat backwards. Oh wow. <laughs> Where did I hear that take, take before? Yeah, King uh, Griffey Jr. wore his hat backwards. I think it worked out. Yeah, I I don't think anyone brought that up. The Colin Cowherd when they said about being a franchise player. You ever heard player. of King Griffey Jr.? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to work he out. Popularized, he popularized the sport and wearing a hat backwards. Yeah, Bochy, yeah, Bochy look at his record. I, I, Bochy still may not be 500. I mean, it's, I mean, he had, I mean, it's not his fault. He had some garbage teams in San Diego. I mean, some bad teams. Uh, old Boach, friend of the program. Um, Four World Series titles. Yep, Boach, you know what? Uh, he's actually 2,093 and 2,101. He's actually under 500. I tell you, he's under 500. And they won, and they were pretty good. He was – Yeah. He's at a – Boach, but, but, but it, it goes like this. Like, like, how many games under 500 is he? Um, eight. So, a hot streak. So, Bochy's 500 record above, and be, above it and below it. It's always kind of moving, right? Yeah. Depends on how the, his current team is doing. But, yeah, four World Series. I mean, he didn't have to win that World Series title. He was getting in the Hall no, of Fame. No, 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 no. If you want to get in the Hall of Fame, win, win one back-to-back. Does he go in as a Ranger? <laughs> what about a Padre? You know, the impressive thing is. He took them to the World Series. Three different teams he's taken to the World Series. Yeah. Three different teams. And they're not, like. Traditional baseball. It's like he took no, the Yankees, he took Braves, the Padres, and, and the Rangers to the World <laughs> Series, right? Yeah, it's like he t- it's only Giants hadn't been to the World Series since '89. Yeah, it's no, not, no, '02. Oh, oh yeah, '02. But like I said, it's not like he took he took the card Blue Bloods, Cardinals, Yankees, and it, Braves, th- th- and there, Red there's Sox. There's nobody that can be a Bochi detractor. I uh, mean, no, you no, just no, you no. just be an ass. You just you're, you're just being an ass, right? You're just you're just being a jerk. Pretty much now. Now that he has. The I mean, what, what, what do you want the guy to do? He won in San Diego. He won in San Francisco. He's won in Texas. Like, what do you want? The What's guy the to biggest do? complaint now? He takes too long to get to the mound. No, he's <laughs> too loyal to veteran guys, or I don't know. I mean, like, what, what are you going to bitch about? 
you're just bitching to bitch. As John Gruden said, the world has talent. Talent, let me tell you something, man. The world just has bitches. They just bitch and complain. That was Gruden's line. It's true. Like Grudenism. How, how can you? God, I wish we could have John on the show. John, it's not terrestrial. You just let it rip. <laughs> can I imagine? I wonder if I could get him on the show. Is he still working for the Saints? He's a consultant for the Saints. The three-headed monster that can't win now? The uh, <laughs> the New Orleans Raiders? Yeah, they're, they're, Derek Carr was getting booed off the field yesterday. Was he? I don't know. I was at the Titans game. Then he, then he, was, then he got hurt, and famous Jameis was in it. Famous Jameis. He you kept, know what they say about famous Jameis? Keeps you, he keeps his team and the other team in keeps, the game. It keeps your te- he keeps his team in the game and the other team in the game. <laughs> yeah, we were at the Titans game yesterday. It was a lot of fun. I'm telling you, Nashville's – Nashville's got it going. Yeah, we got two more days. We got another show coming up in a couple hours. All right, so time for lunch. Yeah, we're back on it. We're back on it too. We're back on it. Two here, twelve. Pacific. Don't give. T- don't get. No one cares what time we're here. Yeah. They only. We'll care be back about in a back few then. hours. Yeah, we're gonna have. What our, do we got? Our first guest is gonna be our guy Ryan Divish. We can talk about Sarasota, bro. Jared Kelnick. Now oh, it's brave. sad. Uh, just a programming note. Looks like Dave Stewart will join us tomorrow morning. Oh, he from the time maybe he said he's he it's it's looking good, but he's going to get back to us on the exact time. Okay, so yeah. we'll we'll talk about Nashville, about his quest for Nashville Stars. We'll do A's, um, and Otani will not have signed by this point, but Dave will have us because Dave Stewart's really one of the most interesting guys in baseball because he's star player, World Series champion, World Series MVP, now an A's Hall of Famer, pitching coach. GM, assistant GM, also been an agent. So he can talk everything about Otani, and also he not only played and won a World Series in Toronto, he was an assistant GM in Toronto. So he can talk about kind of Blue Jays' business. So Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be fun with Dave Stewart to talk about all the, you know, what do you think about San Francisco and Seattle versus what you're seeing with L.A.? Then you're going to want, I mean, does Chicago actually have a shot? Is Otani going to go to the Midwest? Dave, yes or no, you buy it. It's a good question to ask him because we're right between the Cubs and the Cardinals. You know what? I didn't think about that. We're actually in between the Cubs and the Cardinals. So if a fight breaks out, who are we backing here? Well, they still Cardinals are. have screwed us for years, let's yeah, be yeah. honest. We might have to be with the Cubs on this one. I mean, I mean I'm trying to think of a big A the one that was a Cub, like Trevor Cahill. No, that's not going to work. Yeah, there hasn't been a whole big uh, Cubs A's. Jeff Samarja. Uh, we got we got uh, Rich Harden from <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, from yeah. the Cubs. <laughs> I don't know. It could be it could be some nasty NL Central here Ben's in Nashville. We might have some. You think some some uh, Nashville chickens hot? It could get hot here. How do we get in? How did we get put between these guys? Actually, Craig Breslow. Huh? Was our guy? Then he was our director of pitching. That's now, right, smartest CB- man of baseball, Craig C- Breslow, CBO of the Red Sox. Love Craig Breslow. As long as we're not next to the Mariners, I just I don't want to have to hear them whine. I don't want to hear about Jerry Depoto. Isn't that the worst? We uh, got to open up every year against them. I'm so over the Mariners. I don't remember who we play. Who do we play on opening day this year? I remember no off the top of their head. The Guardians. Stephen Vote comes to town. V- Voters Voter. first series. <laughs> <laughs> Literally two and a half months ago, he's in the bullpen, first-time coach, and now he's a manager. Now he's managing a game against the A's a few months unbelievable. later. unbelievable. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little lunch break. We'll be back in two hours. Who who we got again? We're going to have Ryan Divish, former 
Giants GM Bobby Evans, who we always love to talk to here. Oh, Bobby. Bobby Evans will be great to talk about well, it. We might have uh, three-time World Series champion Bobby Evans. Might have Mike Farron. I don't know. He's busy. And then uh, we're going to have our good friend Derek Shelton from the Pirates on. Shelty's coming on? Yeah. At one point, Derek Shelton looked like he was going to be manager of the year in the National League. E- well, yeah. He was. And then the Pirates kind of collapsed. And they played well at the end of the year. So. Chad Pender? Chee's here. Chee? We got a lot. Two hours, we'll be back right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.